Wrestling Geeks Alliance Geek Vibes Nation How are you doing? I'm Luke Perry. I'm just kidding. I'm not Luke Perry. You guys know that. Uh, I'm Dave Elves, and this is an episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, for you out there to listen to me and my co-host talk about news and review and preview upcoming wrestling events. So we got another doozy. Um, Chris, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Uh, speaking of Dylan McKay himself, uh, his son is a wrestler on AEW, right? Uh, and there was a promo by this game, guy named John Moxley who sounded way more like Dylan McKay in his promo than his actual son. We'll get into that later. Uh, what, what have you been watching? How was your week? How's everything been going on your end of the world? I, I, you finished it, but like, <laughs> do you feel like life is not the same without Beverly Hills 90210 in it? It's kind of not, and I have. I've I've achieved a ascendance of nine hundred two and zero. And in fact, um, I was watching an episode of Young Sheldon because I watch Young Sheldon with the wife, and uh, we're fully caught up. And they were talking about nine hundred two and zero on Young Sheldon, right? Uh, but it was all out of fucking sequence, and I was like, "That's not when that happens. Get that shit out of here. These lazy ass TV writers can't even oh, can't even bastard. pull." Them. Can't even pull a Wikipedia page up. Brandon doesn't have a gambling problem at the same time that Kelly has an eating disorder at the same time that Dylan McKay's father gets blown up in a car. Those aren't all happening ridiculous. at the same time. It's ludicrous. <laughs> it's no respect for the industry. <laughs> no, no respect for the ones that came before. <laughs> I know no respect at all. Hey, did I ever tell you that when I was really little, like I kind of got Dusty Rhodes and uh, Rodney Dangerfield confused? <laughs> no, but the story no sounds shit. amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there was there were certain actors and people that I remember when I was really little, and that's definitely one of them. I actually literally thought that they were the same person for the longest time. <laughs> I, I guess because both their you, eyes go in opposite directions, and I don't know. Well, also, like, if you think about Dusty Rhodes, like, there's no Ada among these. Get no respect. No respect. It's kind of... No I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. Ridiculous. Man. Uh, there's some great stories out there about Ronnie Dangerfield. That's a, uh, that's a sure whole other podcast. <laughs> like, How um, much uh, cocaine do you think he consumed? A lot. It, it, have you ever watched like the Caddyshack? Um, God, it's it's like a retrospective or like a little mini documentary or whatever where they're talking about when they casted him <laughs> and him coming into the office. It's it's pretty good. I recommend that. But, but that anyways, was, what have, fun. what have you been watching outside of Yellow Jackets? We've both been watching Yellow Jackets. So outside of that, what have, what have you been up to? God, that last episode. Oh my God! Fuck me up on multiple different times. Anyways, 
But outside of Yellow Jackets, what have I been watching? Watching a lot of movies. Um, what have I seen? So the thing is, like, I clear through like five films in a couple of days, but then I've watched through so many of them. I watched Fight Club for the first time in a while. That was a uh, that was fun. I hadn't seen that, and then for some reason, I decided to watch American History X because I love Edward Norton, and I kind of regretted that because uh, wow, uh, very emotional. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a film. That's a hard one to get through. Mr. Edward Furlong is in that film, uh, aka John Connor. Uh, Terminator 2. Tonight. <laughs> uh, anyways, that song's not about Edward Furlong. It's Edward Long. Um, but uh, yeah, I watched that. I'm trying to think of like something different to recommend. Um, I need to go out and go see Bo is Afraid. I have to see the new Ari Aster movie. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to say bluntly, I can't find something feasible to just watch at home, and I don't want to wait for it to release. But uh, other than that. Uh, that's, oh, I watched new guardians of the galaxy and I have, and I just want to say, I have been on, you know, if any long time listeners, geek vibes, you know, when I, when I started doing a lot of the shows, a lot of them pertain to superhero movies. That was the big thing going on. And for someone that loves comics, I kind of got burnt out. Didn't like what Marvel was doing for the most part outside of like Shang-Chi and the Sony, uh, you know, Spider-Man movie, no way home. And I got fucking just burnout and just underwhelming movies and DC was DC. And I have to say that this is not only the best movie besides Spider-Man since Endgame. It was a great last movie for a lot of those actors. It was a great last story for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I, like I went in thinking I was going to be underwhelmed because no offense to well, fucking Disney. Fuck off. <laughs> the the Ant-Man movie was very underwhelming. This was charming. This was dark. It was very much an endgame where that level of mixing humor with real shit that I miss in Marvel films and had high stakes. A lot of stuff happened. And I was very pleasantly surprised. And I'm very happy that James Gunn is not only directing the start of the new DC uh, stuff uh, with... Uh, the Superman movie that he's making based on all-star Superman, but he's now in charge of DC and he had a great outing for Marvel. So um, just great. All the cast members, all the story, it connected everything. It was a great wrap up. So I definitely recommend it. And I've not been, and you know, this Chris been too pleased with, uh, I've been having to watch like weird ass films to fill fill the void of, of, of good superhero films. So like I said, expanded my mind. Yeah. You've, you became me three years ago <laughs> as far as like your amount of I'm so done with this shit. Um, I'm excited to see that because I actually like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's one of my favorite Marvel series. I just like the way it's filmed. It's always got a cool soundtrack. It's fun. Dave Batista's great in it. Like it's I don't know. It's 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 just fun. And it's you know, it's not there's a lot of uh, Marvel stuff that I've read a lot over the years and it's kind of been retold. Um, they were kind of out of nowhere for me because I was never super into Guardians of the Galaxy growing up. So like the, I don't know, the movie's kind of stuck Either. a little better than some of the other flicks. Like, I, I don't know, Iron Man 2, for instance. What a piece of shit that was. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just trying to get you heated about Iron Man 2 again. 
Uh, no, but I, I get you. There, oh, there's I, just there's been so yeah. many, man. It's just it's it's great when there's something that was. That's how I felt about Logan when it came out. Like that's the uh, isn't isn't that, that was the one to chase uh, in the in the Joker flick with um, Joaquin yep. Phoenix. Like I I like a good comic movie. It's the same thing as westerns. Like like I like I've pointed this out before these because they've put put out so many um so quickly it has became like you know the 60s 70s westerns where it's like you know for every the good the bad and the ugly there's like 10 other things that are shit you know <laughs> like so it's yep it's a it's a it's a weird time but uh i i i have faith in guardians of the galaxy because like uh you know those first two movies were really good. So I, I want to check out the third one. I have not seen it yet, but I am looking forward to it. And I've heard really positive things, even though that weird teenage group really freaks me out, man. And all these commercials, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like that. I will say that. So hopefully it looks better in the actual movie than it does in all the commercials that they've thrown in. Oh in, like, yeah. I haven't seen the commercial. <laughs> You, you, you'll you'll appreciate it uh, when you actually see them in context. But um, yeah, I just like I like I said, I was very happy that it, it didn't suck or it's not sucking. It's underwhelming. And that's the thing. You mentioned Logan. You mentioned Joker uh, for DC and Marvel. Sometimes they're I love it when you get that level of a film and I don't think it's hard to do. And sometimes it's just putting together a formula and. It might not be as bad, like, well, acting wise, but it, it, it's like a Transformer film, like, you know, just space to get another character involved when you can really take a character like No Way Home might not be a masterpiece, but it was really fucking amazing to have all three Spider-Men in that movie. The the level and, and that's the thing is like Marvel has made a modern formula and, you know, I like Taika Waititi, but I think he had a lot to do with it. And even James Gunn to an extent where it's just over sticky. It's like I liked the stuff that John Favreau and and the the Russo brothers like that influence of style that they had for a long time. And James Gunn. There's got to be emotion along with the laughter and you can't just fucking try to make everything a goddamn joke. I'm looking at you Thor, fucking love and thunder. God damn it. That was a terrible film. Yeah, Sorry. like the Thor Love Rant and Thunder over. was yeah, that was kind of like a wink and a nod at hey, I kind of want to do the Guardians of the Galaxy thing or the Deadpool thing, right? Like it it yep. felt unauthentic to the character and the universe. Even he's Ragnarok. In. Yeah, they both just don't really feel I don't know. In in comparison to the first like Thor flick, it does just kind of feel out of place. I get making him goofy, and a lot of people love that man. Like you know, to each your own, to each, to each their own or whatever. But like, Thor's the fucking god of thunder. Should be lots of kiss and lots of him whipping ass. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't need him being fat and stuff. It's, <laughs> as hilarious as it is, just lots of kiss and lots of whipping ass. That's what that's what you need from Thor. And uh, debates about whether Hulk could pick up his hammer or not. <laughs> is it magic? Can Thor only touch? Uh, that's a big Bang Theory joke, but. Um, yeah, that's, 
I, I'm kind of on the same page, but you know, every once in a while you do get that like great comic flick, man. Like you, you do. It sucks that they're so few and far between because you have so much to pull from at this point, especially with some of these characters like Captain America. It's like, how could you fucking do a bad Captain America movie? Someone should do a Captain. Cameron One of the, and honestly, that kind of that kind of uh, shows reference is that now I will say that Marvel has two incredible trilogies when it comes. And I think the second Guardians movie is weak. And I love the the Christmas special they did that hour special with uh, Batista mostly. It was Drax and uh, Mantis, fucking hilarious, going and stealing Kevin Bacon and uh, for Peter. <laughs> Anyways, if you haven't seen it, it was it was a lot of fun. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I see. I loved that. I actually loved the second film. I know it wasn't everyone's favorite, but it, it was a lot of fun. And the good guys won in the end in a super positive way. There wasn't like a caveat to how they won or whatever. It was like, hey, they won. We're just taking off. I was like, that's sick. I like that. Like superheroes are supposed to win at the end of the yeah. fucking day. I don't need to sit around through the goddamn credits for you to tell me how they didn't win. And looking at you, all of Avengers. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would I haven't seen the third one but like if I if you were like Chris do you want to watch Avengers or do you want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy I would probably lean more towards Guardians of the Galaxy one because it's less work cuz I feel like if you if you're going to go back and watch all of Avengers now it's like now I got to go got to go watch uh, all Captain well, America which some of those cap cap films are pretty good so I'm not going to crap on those too hard but you get what I I'm always saying say like, that eight- I always say that Age of Ultron should just be Age of Ultron. It's to me, like it is technically an Avengers film, but compared to the first one, Infinity and fucking Endgame, it's just not on par. Like I think you can go back, and I haven't tried it, but I'm pretty sure since they're connected to the same story, Avengers, you could watch that as a trilogy by itself. But it's better, obviously, to have the knowledge of the other films. To me, the best trilogies now is the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy and the Captain America trilogy. Yeah, the, it, I'm actually surprised because I'm not a big Captain America fan as far as comics go, but like I actually enjoy those movies a lot. So I, I don't I don't know what that says about great. the rest of the I don't know what that says about the rest of the Avengers, but <laughs> I uh, I like I said it's, it's kind of weird, man. Like um. I don't know. I was, I, speaking of weird comics, have you been keeping up with Titans? Because I am fully caught up on the Titans. And I have some things to say about the I gotta season. Say, I gotta say that I stopped caring when I found out that this is going to be the last season. And then they're not... I don't even know if it's a natural wrap-up they get to do. Um, or if it's just the last episode and that's it. So, going back and investing time after watching the first two episodes... Uh... I might watch it, maybe take a day and check it all out, but because there's a lot of cool things I liked about it, but that show is becoming the last two seasons kind of adult CW show, maybe a little bit better acting, but yeah, I mean, there's some good acting, but there's also some piss poor writing. So it kind of, yeah, I think that is a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> a higher, a higher produced version of a CW show. Uh, this season's been particularly bad. Just, uh, I don't know. I, and then they bring in fucking Nick Klaus okay. from the 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 originals, and I love Nick Klaus. 
I think I like the originals a lot. He's Brother Blood, and that whole storyline is just kind of uh, not doing it for me, man. It's not. Uh, it wasn't it's good not, in Arrow. Not working. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the other thing is like, you know, the Titans are in trouble. Where the fuck is Superman? Eventually, you feel like he would show up and just be like, all right, bitches. Because <laughs> they're literally like in his, like, that's the other thing is they're like in this. I, I don't know what they call it. Whatever the big, basically this government building that Superman has built that tracks all enemies and threats from outer space, etc. Like um, the Titans uh, are Star Labs. Titan, Star Labs. So they're in Star Labs. So like the Titan, like he has to know the Titans are getting fucked up. Like someone can't call like Clark Kent, let him know shit's like not going well. <laughs> I mean, I get hey, your son, your up. clone son, is getting his ass kicked in your city. By the way. Yeah, he's also kind of turning into your arch enemy, kind of. <laughs> so he's also wanna, he's 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 home. y'all's kid. <laughs> Who's the mother in that situation? I guess it would be Lex. Lex is sassy. Maybe we're just going with the Superman theory of like he's like, well, if he fucks it up, I can just spin the world backwards in reverse time. I don't know. I'm oh just like God. at some point, like where the fuck is Batman? Like Batman and Superman would not like fuck around this long. <laughs> like with the Titan, the Titans well, are kind of fucking up. <laughs> isn't Batman old as shit? Because it's uh, it's the dude from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, the one that was older and obsessed with um, Daenerys. Oh, I forgot the he, actor's he, name. He is, and he's actually fucking great in Titans, and I, I can't think of the actor's name, but yeah. he's great in Titans. He, he kills Joker. You get lots of really great Bruce Wayne stuff. I'm like, oh, sick. One day, Batman's going to show up pissed as fuck to save the Titans, because this, you know, this is what Batman does. But, like, no Batman, he Superman. Doesn't. We got, like, two, we got two more episodes left. So, <laughs> for, for those out there, spoiler alert, it's been a very slow season. I'm not going to give details of what's happening. Um, I will say Brother Blood is just Niklaus. So he becomes Niklaus specifically in this latest episode. Uh, it's it's just lame. It's, I don't know. I, That's like, too bad. Go back to, like, you know, when they, oh. when they had, like, you know, Deadshot and shit, like, it was... I don't know. They had they had some cool stuff going on with Titans, and I, I was pumping it up on this podcast not that long ago. I was like, holy shit, like, I can't believe I slept on this. It's so good. And now it's like the end, and they have to wrap it up because they're ending this in Doom Patrol at the same time. They did a weird crossover episode, by the way. I don't know if you've gotten there, but they do a weird crossover episode. Uh, they're trying to, like, you know, fit 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. It's rough. Yeah. A lot of shit. I don't know. I, I mean, the one, it's unfortunate because I liked a lot of those actors for those roles, but I know James Gunn loves Titans, Teen Titans, so I don't know if they would, because in his universe, Batman, like Nightwing's already going to be Nightwing. Batman's going to be in his early 40s so they can introduce Damien. They don't really want to do fucking Batman origin and all that shit. And it kind of gives them a chance to introduce people, but they could do a movie like a prequel movie of when they're younger and when Titans first starts and maybe kind of go back and forth between modern times with the Titans, you know, introducing a younger class, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I would, uh, 
I would I kind of would space it out and let this phase out a little bit for a couple of years. But if they decide to do that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I love um, Beast Boy Gars uh, as an actor. I think he's great. He has a really good episode this season. So um, and in if you're if you just, well, I don't want to say anything. But there's some homages to other versions. Other versions of the Titans do get homaged with Gar's storyline. So that that's pretty cool. And Raven, I think she's great. Like the, the character or the actress they have playing Raven. I think that's pretty cool. Even though, like, in theory, she'd be able to just whoop wholesale ass. And this would be a very short series. But that's a, you know, that's tis the way comic book shows go. Uh, speaking of which, so this Flash is going to have Stephen Mill on it. Heard that like Arrow might show up. Have you heard about this? The end of the Flash? No. Just, just a bad rumor. I'm I'm sure I'm sure he's going to show up. I just the CW has been so far in the bad. Like the last thing I watched was, and I really enjoyed it, was the Crisis episode because they allowed a CW show to kind of clean up and explain this is the multiverse. This is the Burton verse. That's by itself. This is the CW verse. Over here is the DC Cinematic Universe. But I don't think a lot of people watched it compared to how many should have. But that's the last thing. Uh, CW, it's it's over. Stephen Amell, I love Heels, and I'm looking forward to the second season of that coming out. I like him as an actor. Uh, shit, he should he should be making his AEW debut. I, I think. Yeah. Wait. What the hell is going on with Heels? How long does that take to film? We need that out. Oh, I guess CM Punk got hurt. I love that show. Had to delay (laughs) filming. (laughs) What if that's why? If it's fucking Punk got into a fight with Stephen Amell. (laughs) I'm kidding. Oh Jesus! In in jest, but um, yeah, we need that show. I love that. It's like wrestling Friday Night Lights. It's the best. (laughs) I love Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah, it's it's perfect. It's like the perfect combination. Well, like, I'm trying to think. I think that's about it. You know, um, should should we talk wrestling? We can. We got the uh, we have the draft. I don't have any of the results pulled up, but I do have some hot takes about it. I don't know <laughs> if you got names going. Well, let's go over places. some hot takes because here's. I don't know if this will be similar to what you have to say, but uh, I understand, and they're going to have this problem going forward with them being uh, under a banner. What, what's the name of the company that now owns them? Oh, man. Uh, if you wouldn't have asked me, I could have told you. It's uh, it's whoever owns the UFC. They have a... I can't think of the actual name of the company, but there is like a parent company above both of them, and I, I can't think of the name. It escapes me. Of course. No, I can't find it even on fucking Wikipedia. Um, no, not, it's not Zufa anymore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Endeavor. So it's, it's going to be the same thing going forward with Endeavor. They don't have their own station to put both channels. So they're going to make deals with companies. If you, if you will, like CBS universal uh, or NBC universal, I should say, um, and Fox, and I don't know who's going to have it the next time. They're going to try to get the biggest contract and the biggest bang for their buck with SmackDown and Raw. So I understand, especially with the big roster, NXT people coming in, we already talked about this, why they have to do it. But at the same time, 
it's just pretty much unnecessary. We'll have a separate conversation about the world championship. Uh, but right now let's talk about the draft, but in a lot of ways, like the whole free agent, I get some of them. I didn't know why the fuck, like it was basically jobbers and then Brock and almost, um, and Brock and almost kind of makes sense. I would say, I would assume Logan Paul would have been included since he just signed another year contract, but, uh, whatever. I just feel like Chris long story short, if you will, that they didn't really do a lot of moving. Um, that a lot of people just stayed where they were and they kind of made it more organized before they allowed people to just keep on jumping back and forth for the most part. Roman, all of the bloodline were SmackDown guys. Seth was on Raw. Um, Cody, when he came back, was on Raw. Um, like, where's, like, okay, because AJ is now back from injury, which is great. I'm very happy that AJ's back, you know. I talked about my buddy Mikey, how he's been, you know, he was training with them a bit at uh, one of AJ's buddy's gym. That's his trainer. Um, so he's coming back. He obviously did. And being on SmackDown is different, but like, I mean, when it comes to giant storylines, it seems like there wasn't really much of a change in the, uh, you know, at all. Like, I'm sure a couple people here and there. But do you feel the same way? I do feel the same way. And, and my overall thoughts on this draft is one, like, who is, is Triple H drafting against itself? Like who is who is hosting these? It's just like Raw pick this one, SmackDown pick this one. I thought they would at least split it up where it's like Adam Pierce and um, I don't know why I'm sleeping on her name so hard. They would at least create like Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville, here you go, or or Sonya Deville, yeah. At least have a war room like they did that one time. Yeah, like get people from the network. Or like now that you're owned by Endeavor, maybe get like two UFC fighters fantasy drafting. Or, you know, you do have a video game, make the tie-in, get Tyler Breeze and Xavier Woods to draft the roster or something. Like you get what I'm saying? Like at least make it make sense. Like so the free agency is even more baffling because they like for instance, uh Mr. Charisma Von Wagner, he got drafted to be a free agent. Which to me means like you, which to me means you got fired. That means you got fired from NXT <laughs> because the way free agency works in any other sport is your either your contract expired and two companies could hire you, or you got fired and now you're on free agency, <laughs> right? Like it's it's got to be one of those things. So like. With Brock Lesnar, you could, you know, you could work that if you had, if you actually had two commissioners, you could be like, well, he just wants an astronomical amount of money and we need to spread this out to build a wrestling company. But they don't do that. They're just like, yeah, we just pick whoever, whoever the fuck we want and throw them wherever the hell we want. Also, another thing that's not covered is Bray Wyatt. Uh, He's not even on the free agency. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, in all of the NXT <laughs> women's champions, apparently are on the main roster now, but still also on the NXT roster because uh, the tag champions, um, is it, uh, is it pretty deadly? I think they retained, so they're going to be on SmackDown, but they've also retained the NXT titles, so technically they'll have to go back to NXT and defend. That was weird. 
so that's 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 been more of my kind of problem with it is is that kind of stuff. It's it's just it's just nonsensical. Uh, especially if you follow any other sports and you talk about a draft and free agency, it's just like, what the hell are we even doing over here? Yeah, and did they? Is there like a day in the future that that finally the draft is now changed, or was it after backlash? Like, I don't understand. Or is it just it's in place now? Maybe they explain that. And I just don't remember. But I was kind of confused on all the the women NXT champions. And I think that a lot of the ones they picked are good people to finally bring up. And I'm sure a lot of people were like, where the fuck's Braun Strowman? But especially with how his heel turns working, because I, I fucking phase out of most of the other shit for NXT and kind of just watch when him or Grayson Waller, one of the other ones that I like are on, he's working really well as a heel. So I think they want to fucking just, I don't know, squeeze some more out of him. Um, I've heard some weird NWO fucking rumors, and I hope those aren't fucking true, but um, I don't know. So here's a weird one. Brian Alvarez pointed out that there's 40 women on the main roster now between SmackDown and Raw. So like having a tag division or two tag divisions actually makes sense to some extent if you can actually build out tag tag teams. And you hear this in um, AEW all the time, fans, like, there's not enough, uh, there's, you don't have enough females on your product or whatever. I think the same could also be said about WWE, especially when you think that there's 40 people on the roster. Uh, that's a crazy number. I didn't realize there were that many. Me and you tried to come, like, think of people that were actively shown on the roster recently and, and come up with various tag teams i think we came up with like three actual tag teams but uh yep. yeah maybe that maybe that's something they can do in the future because there's these they're in theory they're gonna have if they're gonna go full brand split they're gonna have three sets of women tag titles so they're gonna have to start building that stuff out pretty quickly and um you know wwe has invested a lot in female wrestling and i think it's paid off i mean they have a lot of great female wrestlers especially if you compare them to you know AEW, whose best female wrestlers all came from stardom um it's kind of a it's 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 a little bit weird i i don't know what they're gonna do with that but that's interesting and and the uh the entire title situation is is weird. I kind of call it part of NXT on Wednesday. I didn't get to watch all of it because I was flipping back and forth between it and uh, some hockey. I did go back and watch all of Dynamite, but I haven't finished all of NXT. But I was I, I watched the women's tag match for the title, and at, at some point, like both of those tag teams that were feuding for the title, I think are on the main roster now. Yeah, they those just, are the two tag teams. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't and they didn't just strip the title off of them like or or defunct the I, what I thought they were going to do is like okay the title's defunct whoever won it was their happy moment is like we're the last people to ever hold this title for now that's what I thought they were going to do but they're like no they're just going to hold it like the commentary is like well they'll have to come back here and defend it I was like what the fuck are we doing <laughs> this is and this oh, makes dude, me not so that. worried about this AEW show as well. <laughs> like, Oh, God. Yeah, that's a good point. But no, not only that. So 
you got the situation where the champions are obviously going to have to have like an end of their run while they already get picked. But then you go into like that. They want them to do that on that, that aspect. But then you go to our, our two women's champions and it's like, are you guys going to do the same thing they did with the fucking men's titles a couple of years ago? And just tradesies. You're just waiting for fucking Bianca to get the record. And then I guess you just trade belts and pretend like, uh, what the hell? Weird. And uh, we didn't have a show last week, but I buried the hell out of not necessarily the look of the title, but the way it was presented leading into the draft. And um, I don't know if the, the storyline of Brock can go wherever he wants, but Roman can't and Roman can't have both belts and them not actually talking about how they're going to strip a belt off Roman. Well, uh, I, I didn't think we were going to, into the world title belt talk yet. I thought, you know, we we're going to stay more on the draft. Okay. Do you have what? What else do you have for the draft? You're surprised Braun Breaker's not drafted, I guess. Yeah, that you know that's. Um, I I think mainly it's it it's the the first fucking people drafted. The second part, I think, I know a lot of people were upset with, but you know we have. We have Roman Reigns, Sol Sokoa, and Paul Heyman, all as one package deal. And even though the Usos lost, they just get drafted also to SmackDown. So nothing happens. There's no breakup. Maybe, obviously, that's for storyline to have some internal problems on SmackDown between the Tribal Chief and them, like they've been doing. So, But it just it was kind of dumb. And then the fact that all of them, uh, that you can do Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, but why wasn't Solo by himself? Whatever. And then the second one, I think that the big deal with a lot of people, Cody Rhodes. Uh, what's the biggest problem? And I mean, it kind of has to do with what you were talking about of Cody Rhodes being drafted the Raw. Yeah, like he'd never beat Roman, so they're just going to give him a title. But that was that that was my entire thing when they split. That was what I was yelling and bitching about the most, but also... You know, if you're going to take the title, make it a big deal. If you're going to take a title from Roman, right? Like, don't just be like, here's the new title. After the draft, there's going to be two separate titles again. Because Roman never lost. So, well, I, I, I thought you might have found out that information. And I apologize because I was wrong when I originally assumed. But so basically from what this is with the title, the new title is just taking up the lineage of the world the the big gold belt. That's why it fucking looks like it with the big stupid logo in the middle of it. It's supposed to look like the big gold belt. It's pulling back the world championship lineage and restarting it. So there was no fucking point of doing the universal belt because Vince wanted to get rid of the fucking lineage of the WCW NWA title essentially being a part of it. And then the I'm assuming what's going to happen is the two titles Roman has eventually is going to be one. But then, like I said, what the fuck was the point of the universal title? Because it's just going to be phased, I guess, into the WWE championship. That was my point is just do it at the draft and be like, um, you know, flip a coin. Whoever wins gets to draft Roman. We're taking one belt off of him. Right. That's that should have been the first pick for anybody because he's the heavyweight champion and he's been undefeated for you know, a thousand something day. If you don't pick Roman first overall, you're an idiot. 
right? If you look at it in the yeah. world of real sports, that's like that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like not it's like not picking top tier Tom Brady as a quarterback. Like it's just or or like you get a chance to draft Michael Jordan and you're like, no, I think I'm gonna go with John Stockton. Like that's that's what it seemed like. So what I assumed they were gonna do, I did think they were gonna split the belts. But I thought they were going to do it in a way where it's like, well, look, here's two new belts and, you know, a blue one and a red one with the new logo and just strip one off Roman. Be like, look, you can't have that. This belt is, you know, yours are combined or whatever. You get the longest version of the run you have, not the combined days, but the longest run that you have, which I think is the SmackDown title, whichever one that's called. Um, But instead, they made it even more complicated, kind of. Because, like, Roman technically has two belts right now, and I guess they're going to combine them. But it's like, why didn't you just do it all at one time? Same logo on both belts, same... I don't know. <clears throat> I like the I like the new belts. I know a lot of people had a problem with it. I, I think it looks... I think it looks cool. I just think they should be two versions of it. And then also, like, it would have made more sense if they put Paul Heyman in a situation, like, if he was a GM of one brand and had to draft these characters and then you could split them up and do various different things whatever this entire draft is dumb basically is what i'm getting at like it, it the only reason it's happening honestly is because there's two networks i mean that's really what it comes down to um which i get but yeah i just think that if if the here's the thing if they can stick to it that's what i said last time our last show if they can stick to it it's fine but they fucking never do and then they just have like crossovers until what we just had, where it was a mess and everyone was going back and forth. And they basically use this draft to put everyone kind of in place, most of them on the same fucking place they were beforehand. So, I, I, I mean, I, th- I also think it's a bad move by WWE or in, and by the TV networks that are paying for this because wouldn't you want the biggest, like, wouldn't you want Cody Rhodes on both shows or Roman on both shows? So you're going to limit yeah. that for at least three to four months, right? Like you're until Survivor Series. So I, I don't understand the con I, the ideology or the concept of wanting to not have your biggest stars on the show if you can have them. I mean, granted, I know everyone can't be everywhere where at one place, but I don't think you have to do a brand split for that, like. You know, your main event stars should always be on both your TV shows. And if you're USA, like, do you really like, is Cody a good like prize versus Roman Reigns at the moment? I mean, Cody's great and all, but yeah, I, I, yeah, you I get what I'm saying. saying. It's kind of, it's kind of like they already signed the TV deals. So that's done. You don't have to impress them anymore. <laughs> You know, like put the best people where they need to be. Don't. But I mean, I, mean, I get it. Um, with with Roman, also, it makes a little more sense because, like, Roman is going to work half the amount of dates that he was working last year, which was already slipped down. So, yeah. Well, it's also the fact that, I mean, let's face it, Vince as much as that time period for him was pretty scary in the late nineties, going back and forth with WCW, the reason why the draft was happened in the first place was because he wanted some type of wrestling competition with himself to bounce stuff off of. So 
it seems to be go to the well with this aspect uh, every single time because I think the biggest issue with two champions, I mean, it becomes who's it, it, you're going to have. It, it kind of represents back to what originally was. If it's if this is now the WWE Universal Belt, but like the WWE Championship, that championship was always used in WWE to put on someone for a long period of time. And a lot of the guys that held it, especially in the beginning times, didn't have to be at every one of the house shows and stuff like that. They were just attractions for the main event. That was their way of doing it. Big gold belt, the world he- or the world uh, championship, um, Ric Flair, you know, uh, Terry Funk, Dory, uh, Jared Briscoe, uh, so many of them, they traveled. They went every town and had great matches. And that's great and all, but I, I just feel like there's no, it doesn't matter if Seth, Cody, Gunther gets that title. Roman is always going to be the fucking champion to me. Yeah, because he never lost it, right? Like you just took it off him. Yep. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's easy enough to make a storyline. You know what would have been really interesting? They would never do this. But if they, like, brought Eric Bischoff in, or, or Gabe Sapolsky, if they wanted to have someone that actually works with them, and they're like, Paul, you get one brand, Gabe, you get one brand, and then actually did a draft where they got a draft of their guys or whatever. And even though it's like Triple H is puppet mastering the entire thing, or, or even above that, Vince is puppet mastering it, at least then you could have some context of why they're doing what they're doing, not just like, well, I, you know, I guess we're going to have a new belt. It's going to be on Raw and Roman. Those two belts you have, they're combined into, a, I guess, another new belt that we haven't seen yet. Or you can just carry both of them and look cool. Um, but now we have three well, heavyweight belts. And honestly, and, and honestly, I mean, if you look at it, that time period, probably the best time the draft worked is when they first did it. Uh, 2003, 2004, and it was also, I mean, obviously Eric Bischoff wasn't doing the running behind the scenes. It was mostly Brian Gwartz uh, on top of a bunch of other people. Vince was, like you said, overhead over everything, but you had them doing stuff that was more story kind of driven. I mean, they still had people like Shawn Michaels on the roster, but kind of more the old school WWE, and then the SmackDown show, which Paul Heyman was creative and also the guy representing that side of it. And he had more of your wrestlers, wrestlers having these ridiculous matches and picked a lot of the younger guys. That's the time where it kind of worked, but it's, I don't know. It's uh, it's, that would be great. That would be very much a very similar concept. I'm saying as that, if you had Gabe on yeah. one side, Hunter on the other side and Gabe maybe had like someone that's better in front of the camera, like a Bischoff to kind of like just, you know, whoever, if you, I guess Pierce, someone like that, but Gabe's running it behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, you could, like I said, you could do, even if you just wanted to use on screen people, you could do Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, or you could do something really neat. You could do like triple H's raw and like Randy Orton comes back and he's SmackDown, right? Like there, there's tons of ways. To me, there needs to be someone on top. They don't necessarily need to be the authority figure we've seen in WWE, like need to get involved with all the storylines like Shane McMahon or Stephanie or even Triple H to some extent. But having someone that actually makes the draft picks makes it work a lot better. 
Otherwise, like, why the hell do I care? You're just telling me that I can only watch wrestlers on one show. So if my favorite wrestlers are on SmackDown, I'm only going to watch SmackDown. So if you like, if you're a big fan of the Bloodline and they're not on the other products, why the hell would you watch Raw? That's a good point, but it's going to be them to have to balance to make you care about some of the people on Raw. I guess. I mean, the biggest person is going to be Cody. I have a a a putting on the record um, giant uh, prediction. Uh, are, are, do you want me to go over it involving Cody Rhodes and what I think is going to happen? Does it involve Randy Orton? No. Well, possibly on the way there, but I. Okay, so go, I am go. saying right now. And I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. And maybe this is me giving too much credit to Triple H. I know Vince is, is looming in the background and he's always a worry. But even now, I'm liking what's going on since Mania. With Cody Rhodes specifically, I'm making the prediction he's never going to win that title. I think he's going to maybe possibly beat Brock tonight. Um, and Brock's going to fuck him over in these tournaments they're doing. They're doing, I believe, two three-on-threes or two triple threat matches, one on Raw, one on SmackDown. The winners of those will go against each other, and then the winners of those will be the, the person that – or that match will be at Saudi Arabia at the end of the month. And that will be the new chief. I don't think Cody's making out of the first round. I think he's going to be a separate storyline. I think Seth Gunther, someone like that's going to pick up the belt and probably hold it for a while and try to bring some prestige to that belt. It's weird that they have two work workers belts on the same product. Cause that's what the IC title is supposed to be is like the world championship, but it's whatever. I also would like to say, I'd love to see Gunther win the fucking uh, world title possibly in this tournament with the fucking IC belt and just give up the IC belt afterwards. But anyways, that's not part of this. Apologize for, for rambling. Cody is going to stay and have feuds with people. He might go against Seth. And this is a different time than the two other times that he beat Seth. Seth is now a baby face. I don't think he's going to win that title. I think that he's going to win a lot of matches and have storylines. But we're going to get finally to Royal Rumble. And Cody is going to be the third person besides Austin, besides Sean, to win two Royal Rumbles back-to-back -back and call out Roman Reigns and win those two titles at WrestleMania. And then they'll try to do, because both Cody and, and Triple H have talked about it, you know, have Roman carry two belts all the way until WrestleMania. Cody beats him. It's a year from the time that he lost. And then they combine those two belts and make the winged eagle belt, which is the one that Dustin lost, which is the one that Cody loves, Triple H loves. It'll probably look very still toyish with the big WWE in the middle, but that will be the belt going forward. That is my prediction, Chris. I could be wrong. Like I said, maybe I'm trusting WWE too much, but right now I'm saying similar things like that will happen and we will see that happen this year. All right. I, I could definitely see that. Like, Cody doesn't win it and they delay it up until Rumble because I think the caveat to that is do you have The Rocket Mania next year? 
because that's that's the actual goal is Rock versus yep. Roman. So if it's Rock versus Roman, then Cody will just win the belt beforehand. But they they're I'm assuming that they're still trying to lock that down, right? probably not going to be that hard after the XFL ratings that we just saw, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all that being said, I mean, you know, Cody's the good fallback plan. They'll give him the Daniel Bryan type deal. Like you're talking about where he's so close, but he just keeps getting screwed over and keeps getting screwed over. The problem with that is how, like, how much legs does that have? Like, like how long can that go before people just don't care? Cause like people already didn't care about it because they cared more about Sammy winning the title than Cody. So it's already in a weird yep. spot. And then you move them across separate brands and you have a new title that Cody can chase, which he shouldn't even be chasing. In fact, like Cody should come out and like do squash matches and talk about how he wants to be traded to SmackDown. And if he had two general managers, he could just be causing chaos until he gets traded to SmackDown. Like that would be a good way to build a feud with Roman. Like if he just is like Cody is just so intent on winning that like Roman's belt specifically, he should be doing like a Brian Pillman, like going full fucking batshit crazy and demanding a trade and like killing people with chairs and stuff. Like that's. That's I love what Cody that. Cody should be doing in this situation because he's getting fucked, really politely fucked. But he is getting—he got fucked at WrestleMania. And now he's getting politely fucked into a new title, or not even a new title, right? But you know, if I was a person <laughs> and they're like, oh, "You can't have this job, but we're going to put you in a different division of this work, and you can go after that one," I'd be kind of fucked pissed, you know. Like in a normal work situation, then. Stone Cold Steve Austin probably drops some goddamn stunners, is all I'm saying. So uh, that's a way to go. I don't think they're going to go. I think it's going to be more of what you're saying, and it, it really just depends on if they're going to get The Rock. And if they can't get The Rock at Mania, then they'll probably draw it out. Just like, like last invit- year. Yeah. Maybe Sammy or will this be year. The, you know uh, what I'm saying. Maybe Sammy will finally get that title, hold on to it until they figure out what the fuck they're doing. That would be great. I feel like they could have pulled the trigger off, especially if you're going to split the titles anyways. Like I said, there could have been like, you know, Sammy wins in Montreal and Paul Heyman's like, yeah, but he only won one of the titles or whatever. Like they could have pulled that out of the hat or even at Mania. Like you can't challenge for both titles. You could only challenge for one and then you could have done the brands. There was a lot of ways to get to what they got to in this draft. And none of them. They don't want like, Roman to lose, though. That's the thing. I, I agree with you, and they should have done that. But that's the biggest thing. They want him to you, be fucking unstoppable until he actually loses. I, I, I get know? it, but you know, there's there's ways to get around that. Who is um? Who are two people that you'd like to see win this? So we got, like I said, so that look that sounds like six people from both shows. We got Raw and we have SmackDown. The the idea of someone from SmackDown is intriguing because think about that as an aspect by itself. If a SmackDown person wins, it's going to be one of the high-profile people, obviously. They're not going to pick a schlum of SmackDown to be in this tournament. So if they win the overall tournament, they come to Raw now officially. Is that something that can cater a trade if we're doing real fucking sports thing to get Cody 
on SmackDown because now you have someone who potentially is the champion that's from SmackDown. That would be almost an even trade, I would think. I just thought of yeah. that. Yeah, we're like, but but that's like if it made sense. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's also going around your ass to get your elbow when you could just have Cody on fucking SmackDown. But or I guess to like, throw us off. He used to be like Roman's the double champion. He never lost. He gets to pick where he wants to fight and when he wants to fight, just like they did with Brock. <laughs> and just make the IC title and the US title more important. That's all they had to do. Like they made this shit way more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> oh. You know, you know what I mean? I don't want to like, see Cody win it though. I'm fine with I, I, well, I don't. He should have won it at Mania. If you're gonna do it, like he should have just won it well, at Mania. And now we're we're gonna have to wait around until they find out if The Rock can do Mania or not, right? Yep. And then yep. he's gonna and then he's gonna get a win. And if The Rock can't do Mania, he'll probably win next year. Like that's a long ways off. By then, like I think I would want Cody I to think be if Brock can't do it. If, if Brock can't do it, they're doing Cody and Roman for sure, and Cody's winning against Roman. If they get The Rock, oh man. I would get I, honestly at that point. I would get the fucking title off of Roman beforehand and have Rock and Roman by itself, and maybe Cody. It's not as fucking big of a deal unless he beats him at Mania. That's what sucks about it. Uh, I don't know. They're they're or, in a bit of conundrum. I, mean, I will say that. <laughs> so they could do this, and this is going to be this is kind of I I, I kind of talked about this headed into Mania because it's the same type of deal. If you want to do Rock versus Roman, do it night one. And then, you know, Roman beats Rock or whatever, because Roman's not losing to The Rock, because The Rock's not going to yeah. stick around with the title. Um, you could have Cody carry the title to Mania, and then the next night, reunite them again. And then two months later, do a draft and split them again. Because apparently they don't mean anything. <laughs> That's, it's like... Apparently, it actually doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> I mean, it matters if you're Roman Reigns, but for everybody else on the roster, it's like, well, anyways, I'll have a shot at it after they just take take it away from him. <laughs> I was like, when I uh, see that photo of that ring guy carrying, like, all of the belts, there's, like, ten belts on his shoulders <laughs> or whatever. It's like Roman 2028. That's probably what it's going to actively be like if they just continue to do this. He's going to have the universal belt, the WWE belt, and the world championship belt all on his fucking. No, I hope not. That's not. I think I think Paul Heyman was just saying that type of stuff during that promo to get us all razzled and like, he better not. I think that was the exact point, because if not, that's fucking stupid. I don't, yeah, I, I wonder mean, if Paul, I like I the belt collector concept, but it's kind of dumb if your company has three world championships that you can get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, do you think Paul got some heat making fun of that? Like, I don't know. They kind of came off of, like, they let Paul kind of run with it of how dumb it was. And he kind of pointed out how dumb it was. I wonder hey, if he got some got some shit for it. He's Paul Heyman. I think that triple is probably like, all right, thanks, Paul. appreciate you already fucking putting down the title. That, that's uh, really good. Sorry about it. And then he flew off. 
Wait, no, penguins don't fucking fly, do they? <laughs> do you know how amazing it would be if they do that, like, 90s retro Raw show they do at Madison Square Garden and Paul Heyman is dressed like the penguin and hits someone with a giant cell phone? I will mark out <laughs> so hard. <laughs> God, that would be great. But yeah, like, um, that, I mean, I think we both have the same problems with where they're going, and I kind of agree with you on the Cody situation. I mean, at this point, like... We, they're going to need a baby face. It, it almost makes more sense to have someone like Orton pick up the title. If he's healthy, it's going to be weird. See, this is why, like my two choices for champ, honestly, from this tournament is either your IC champion, Gunther or Seth Rollins. And when it comes to work rate, you know, since obviously Sammy and Kevin would be two people I would choose too. they're the tag team champions. Maybe they're in a tournament, but I don't see them getting that. All four of those guys are workers that can have long fucking matches and, you know, kind of what that title's intended for. I don't want to see Cody with it, but it would be weird if Seth gets it, honestly. And then you're honestly the two biggest baby faces are both on Raw. And your heel champions on the other one, like it's so, so, I mean, that's the other problem is like you just named four people; they're all baby faces, with the exception of Gunther. He's the only yeah. one that's not really a baby face, because like right now, Kevin's a baby face, Sammy's a baby face, Seth is a baby face, um, and Seth and Cody get the biggest reaction, baby face wise. And, Co- and Cody's a baby face. Well, Seth gets a music reaction. That's like the tin guy. His fucking gimmick sucks. I'm sorry. I, I, He's a great, he great. I know you don't like his wrestler. gimmick, but it's. I know you don't like his gimmick. It's basically a hodgepodge of every fucking little thing thrown together for him. But dude, he's over as fuck right now. I hey, mean, yes. people are into they the keep music on. They, they, but they keep on doing that for way longer. I'm just saying. I mean, and at least take he's good in the ring. I'll just take give his him music, that. But. Take his music. Take his music away and give him two weeks. See if see if he's the same amount over. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, that's not not even a shot at Seth Rollins, because I I think Seth Rollins is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, Oh, yeah. Like, he's definitely in my top 50. Like, Bell to Bell, he's fucking great. Like, so that has nothing to do with his inner ability. His gimmick is basically throw a bunch of gimmicks at the wall (laughs) and then see if it sticks. Like, I'm going to take I'm going to take Joaquin's fucking Joker laugh, mix it a little bit with Ted DiBiase's. I'm going to have like the the coolness trying to do that like Flair did, but not do it like it. I don't know what the hell it is. It's a little bit of Macho Man thrown in there with the wackiness to the style and shit. I don't I'm even 30, think he knows what the I hell got, he's doing. I got drip. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and to find out also, he let, us, he let up people know in an interview, Becky's the one who picks all the ridiculous outfits for him. Like he has, he even admits he doesn't have like a good sense of style. He does. He likes to do normal suits. So she gets as much obnoxious shit for him, which is thanks Becky, but whatever. I guess it works sometimes. Uh, anyways, fucking Rollins, but I could see him him or Gunther getting that title. Yeah. I mean, he got the shit over. You can't hate on him for like, I think the music helped get it over. It's like Shinsuke. Oh yeah. He got over like, you know, not everyone in that building knew who the fuck Shinsuke Nakamura was at the full sale when he showed up. No, but that music what helped. they could do. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yep. This is Absolutely. the same thing with Bobby Roode when he showed up. He was like, 
glorious. So you're like, that's a banger. All right, cool. That was music, a, that was a banger, man. Music fucking helps. So I, I, I want to know what Seth is like if they strip like if they strip the music off, what that gimmick would be. But also, I don't want to because good for Seth. Like, I'm glad he's doing well. He's a great wrestler. Like, it's not like when I talk about when I used to talk about Randy Orton like five years ago because Orton used to just go through the motions and it was boring. Seth doesn't do that. Seth has a good match every time he gets in the ring, and he has different matches with everybody he faces. Like, for instance, that weird-ass yeah. cage match thing that he had with Matt Riddle. <laughs> like, he just... Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> DC no was the referee? It was like a tight... It was supposed to be like a lion cage match or something, or it was supposed to be like the <laughs> Owen Hart Lion's match. Den. Lion's Den match or whatever. <laughs> and Seth, Seth's fucking great. Like, he, he really is. I, he just... He doesn't... And this even goes back to Tyler Black and Ring of Honor. He just never has clicked. The The one time he clicked for me, they immediately switched him heel. So when he came back from two knee injuries, he kind of had like the Triple H thing going in when he came out. And, and you know, came, when he came back from two knee injuries, he's like, he's a baby face. And they're like, no, he's part of a corporation. You're like, why? <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> every time they have a good run, He's a better babyface, honestly. He really is. But like the Joker laugh and stuff, like that's not a babyface thing, and it's kind of weird. So it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe Orton shows up and stomps him out. I don't know. Do you have someone different, or you know, because we're not even thinking about SmackDown. There's a good chance AJ Styles might uh, win this and go over to fucking Raw. Like, there's that possibility. He was taught. He was hinting at it last night on commentary. So, so I'm assuming he's a part of this tournament. We don't know anyone, though, officially. I guess they're going to release it the fucking day of for some goddamn yeah, reason. If I. It's six people from each show. This is two, two three way matches. And the winner of that, you know, that's that's how they're doing the tournament. So, so. because they need to carry the storyline across both brands with the bloodline, I would almost do like Sammy and Jimmy for the title. Yeah. Right. That's and then question. like, you know, Sammy wins the title or whatever. And Kevin's like, oh, great. You won the title. And he's, you know, he's Kevin Owens. So <laughs> now you have to die. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then you can do the bloodline when Jimmy comes back. He's like, you lost it for us or whatever. And then that that gives you two big storylines and it continues the bloodline across brands. And you also get Sammy versus Kevin, which is always entertaining for a while because we've seen it so much. Um, oh, I I like your theory, but I just thought of another uh, oops. What if Solo is a part of the SmackDown lineup and he fucking wins the whole thing? And he brings it back and it's, you know, that's interesting. That'd be really cool, too. And that could cause and, problems between Roman and Solo as far as who's the actual champion champion, you know? Who's, who's the like, champion? We know it's Roman, but. Who's the chief? Yeah, Ooh, well, that's, Roman's that, gonna be that's interesting. <laughs> Roman's like, bro, I'm the chief. I've been holding this belt for like nine years. I'm well, out here if, just if you do that. <laughs> yeah, no, sir. Well, yeah, Roman's Roman's the fucking tribal chief. Give me a goddamn break. He's the biggest name in wrestling today. Period. Uh, but no, one thing that's cool from that because if Solo wins that, and then he goes over to Raw, and I hope they would trade someone in that place. But whatever. That's the only time I wouldn't have a problem with Cody beating for that title because then he gets to fucking 
kind of shove it in Roman's face that he beat his little cousin or some shit. It still ties it into. I just don't want Cody to then have that title if he were to get it by the time he goes to Roman. I don't want him to get it in general, but I'm just saying against Sola Sokoa, there's a little bit of a storyline there, you know? Would you so hear me out on this? Sammy versus Cody in this tournament, right? And Cody's got Sammy beat, and Owens gives him like a pop up power bomb on the apron or something, throws him back in the ring, and Sammy's like, why? And he gets the pin. So you could still that do could like definitely the, happen. You see, you got your separate feud that can't there. Happen. Cody's out of that the tournament, Sammy. In- well, I was just going to say that can't happen in the finals, but that could happen in the semifinals on Raw because they're both Raw guys. But yeah, that would be that'd be a really fucking interesting way to go because then you have Sammy winning and going ahead and possibly winning that title. But now he has problems with his tag partner who fucked over Cody and Cody's pissed at KO. That's a very interesting way to go about it. That is. Yeah, and if you wanted to go with your Solo Sokoa idea, right? Solo is on SmackDown, right? He got drafted to SmackDown, I think. Yep. So he, he got drafted at the same time as Roman for some fucking so, reason. So if Sammy and Solo both made it, because Kevin fucked over Cody Rhodes, and maybe you know you have a couple, you, a couple shows in between or whatever where Sammy and Kevin are not getting along, Kevin just like flips the switch on Sammy. Solo gets the win, takes the title back. Now there's three titles on SmackDown, which is so dumb. (laughs) See, yeah, that's the only problem. There would have to be something where I guess they could interact, but you would have to keep Solo kind of by himself, maybe with just Paul Heyman on Raw. Um, I wouldn't want, I mean... Heyman's the you know advocate, so he can he can go anywhere, right? Or he could just they could just do do the Rock thing. I wish Roman would have done that. Like I wish Roman was a free agent, and they kept both belts on him, and he just started doing via satellite, like like the Rock was doing against Cena. Yeah, <laughs> like just not showing up places, like no showing shows. He's like, look here, Nebraska. <laughs> I'm not. I ain't, I ain't showing up. <laughs> Omaha. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I got to go f- film this new Hobbs and Shaw film. <laughs> well, my cuz. No kidding. Or, or whatever. Whatever the hell The Rock's doing right now. Is The Rock in the new Fast and the Furious, by the way, or did he get deleted? I know that him and Vin had some heat with each other, which is it's fucking the weirdest Vin, thing ever. <laughs> Vin won't do, uh, won't do, well, it's definitely Tyrese, but Vin also doesn't want to work with The Rock, so. That's why they made Hobbs and Shaw to kind of have Rock have his own thing. Um, but yeah, isn't I don't that, think we'll see him in a movie. Isn't it, like Vin Diesel seems like the nicest dude in the entire world. What did the Rock do to piss in his Cheerios? That's what I want to know. Well, it, know it was a lot of story of the Rock of like you know because all we get is a Happy Go Lucky Rock now, like People's Champion Rock. When I really know deep down inside, he's corporate Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Well, part of it was the rivalry that happened between Tyrese because he's a dumbass and, you know, tweeting that basically bitching about the Hobson Shaw film itself, you know, being a branch off and that Rock and Jason aren't really a part of the family and just starting a bunch. And Well, Rock didn't just take it. He fucking basically told Tyrese that the reason why he's uh, even relevant in Hollywood is the Fast and Furious movies and the fuck off. And then 
Vin Diesel kind of obviously took his friend's side and probably was more neutral, but that heated between him and The Rock, from what I remember from sadly keeping up with Hollywood news several years ago. What was that movie with uh, Ty? Was it was that movie with Tyrese before he joined Fast and Furious? The Baby Boy with Snoop Dogg. Baby Boy. <laughs> That's a deep cut blockbuster banger for you guys. Get your VHS players out for that one. I'm yeah, pretty no sure. Shit. I'm pretty sure there's no Blu-ray <laughs> release of Baby Boy. He's he's adorable. Well, um, so anything uh, else about the draft or the world title, or do we cover all of it? I think we did. I hope I see Randy Orton back soon. Raw could really Me use too. him. They need a heel. And, maybe uh, maybe he'll be one of these guys. They'll be like, oh, there's a secret guy on the tournament. Who could it be? It's Randy Orton. Yeah, a yeah Randy, Randy Orton would be great. And even if they wanted to go completely opposite of everything we said, if Randy is on Raw and uh, AJ is on SmackDown, you could just do that. I think everybody would be like, that's cool. Yep. <laughs> yep. That would be a fucking a fun match again. They usually have pretty good matches. I wanted to go over. I thought this was pretty big news. Uh, Trinity Fatu uh, is now in, in Impact Wrestling. She made her debut, um, and there, both uh, both people were there to. Well, one of them allegedly was there to basically cheer her on. But backstage, taking a bunch of pictures, we had Mercedes Monet. Which has admitted she's doing appearance by appearance with New Japan. So she's not actually locked to an actual contract. But either way, even more so than AEW, Impact is that company that kind of interacts. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But most notably, the person even more so than the former Sasha Banks, CM Punk. Just wanted to come by and say hi to his friends. Uh Look, Punk's all I have to say is all the various locations. <laughs> yeah, it start it started with New Japan. Then he was chilling over at Raw, and you know, trying to have a meeting with Mr. Hunter Triple H. Well, Look, his best friend Shawn Michaels. I, you know, <laughs> I, I have no idea. There's no way. I'm sure that Punk's just you know kind of fucking with Tony basically, or uh, just making his presence known, but. If Impact were to get fucking Sasha Banks and CM Punk, that would be one hell of a big deal. And just in general, I will say for a company that has kind of been that third brand, American brand, that's built itself substantially, you know, not to where it was before in the late 2000s, but kind of your ECW to AEW's WCW to WWE's, you know, uh, WWF, uh, if we're comparing to the 90s. And it's got a great roster. I don't think they're going to gain those two, but I'm happy they got Trinity Fatu. I think Naomi, Trinity, whatever you want to call her, is a great wrestler. And they seem to do stuff with their wrestlers, you know. And one thing that's kind of a slide a little bit on AEW, I don't know stardom enough to be able to compare their roster, but I think that Impact, and we've said this, might have the strongest roster, at least the most structured. Uh, but to WWE, you know, and they they have three women's matches throughout the course of the whole entire fucking two hour program. 
sometimes, and it doesn't seem weird. Everyone has storylines, so big up on them. Like I said, I think the punk stuff is for different reasons. I'm sure that he was there if I guess he's friends with them for Naomi, but there's underlining issues. I could see Sasha uh, or Mercedes popping up possibly on the show. Uh, but either way, Chris, good get to get uh, Trinity, uh, the former Naomi from WWE by Impact Wrestling. It's a great get, and we kind of talked about it on our last show. We were we were gone last week, but the the week before, I kind of talked about this because there was rumors for them bringing her into New Japan, but there's uh, salary issues with New Japan and Stardom right now, um, which is why you saw some big wrestlers not necessarily sign there. Uh, so they're capping off how much money they're going to spend, etc. So it's cool to see Trinity somewhere. I mean, I would, you know. I would love to see her in AEW. I think that's like, that would be a great surprise for Soraya's little group that is full of wrestlers. I don't necessarily care for her be, be a good get, but yeah, it's going to be cool seeing her. I don't think Mercedes Monet is going to be too involved in impact just because she is carrying the stardom championship. And, uh, Oh no, she, I, I think she lost it. Did she? Did she drop it? Okay, maybe she did. I don't. I don't know. If she did, that's kind of. I'll crazy. look it up. Yeah, if she did, that's kind of crazy. They did it. Well, because like. Yeah, the current champion is uh, Mayu I- Iwatani. Yeah, because like she dropped it to Sasha, right? And that was like a couple months ago, and then Sasha, um, she just picked it right back well, up. No. Okay. Kari Kari Sane beat her, I believe, for the title, and then Sasha beat Kari Sane, and now oh, she and, okay. got her belt back. Uh, from. Uh, Mayu Itani got it back. Okay, Mayu Itani is fucking great, by the way. If you're gonna bring Japanese wrestlers over to the United States, that's a good one. Uh, also, you know, Kerry Hojo, not not a not a bad name as well, in, unless you're not WWE and you try to fucking kill her every time she's in a match. Apparently. Um, Ajax, looking at you, kid. Specifically looking at, looking at you, kid. Um, yeah, that's a stout women's division. And Impact puts together good storylines with their women's division. Gianna Perrazzo should win every medal of most underrated wrestler for the past, like, two years because yep. she's done she's done a lot for that brand and uh, that entire women's wrestling division. So that's... That's cool. I didn't. I, I I haven't seen Impact, so I I did. I knew Trinity was out there. I had heard the reason of why she wasn't on some of the Stardom shows was money related, which also ties into like the Jay Wyatt and or Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson contract stuff. But uh, but that's all hearsay. Who knows? But there's nothing else about the punk stuff. He obviously was there probably to say hi to friends, but also to. Cause a little bit of commotion uh, with management, I'm assuming. I mean, either that or it's just free. I mean, it's free promotion in general. If people start talking about the, the fact that he was back in WWE and then he shows up, you know, in Chicago and everything's fine. like. And then he's at Impact randomly in the back hanging out with Sasha Banks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like all of that yeah. stuff is it's just Weird. free promotion for... <laughs> It's it's weird, but it's also just free promotion for Tony Khan, right? Like it's free promotion for AEW. 
that thing's locked in. He's going to be in Chicago. Like that's that's yeah. done. He he's going to be there in Chicago. You guys don't have to worry. Chicago fans out there, I can't wait to see CM Punk give you hugs and talk about how fucking great Chicago is. Like anyone <laughs> gives a single fuck. Uh, is this, this is all you... hockey, right? <laughs> no, just in general, dude. Like I don't care. Like if uh, I hate their mayor. If that it's like if John Cena came out and talked about Boston constantly. <laughs> That's like what CM Punk does. <laughs> like, who yeah, cares? I feel you. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. what the hell was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. It's probably the weed, sorry. All right, well, I guess from there, we'll abruptly move on. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? It's good for CM Punk, man. He's out there push, pushing the new product he's about to be on. Hopefully, he doesn't get injured his first match back. Um, oh, but what if? What if, dude? What? I'm just saying, it's never going to happen. But how big would that be for Impact if they could afford signing both Mercedes Monet and CM Punk to a contract. Well, I mean, well, only like half of the nation will see it if they have access on cable. So it, it would have to go to another network if that happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't have the money to sign CM Punk. So they, like, I don't even think they have the money to pay CM Punk per appearance. Like, honestly, that's, and that's not that's not me taking a shot at impact. It's just, no, it's just no. is what it is where they're at. They do a good job. Of if it is their a finances. big company. They're a huge entertainment conglomerate in Canada. They're not spending fucking money to get CM Punk on the damn television. They don't have arenas big enough for that, or Sasha for that matter. But still, good get regardless for Naomi, uh, now known as her real name, her Christian name, uh, Trinity Fatu. Yeah, so. I, mean, I guess it's a little bit of a rub for Impact after they, you know, AEW lent out Kenny Omega and Christian for a while. <laughs> Yeah, maybe seriously. maybe that's maybe that's the caveat is like we'll give you CM Punk, give him some warm up matches or something. I could see something like that, like that. Maybe that's it. Like Tony's pay, fronting the bill because they did do like you know Kenny had a run in AW and so did Christian, or, or in Impact, yeah. uh, so did Christian. So maybe it is something Before, like that where it's like scratch, scratch. Daniels my back, went there. Scratch my. Uh, Frankie went there. He's now staying, but you know he was just you know, coming over. So yeah, they've had a lot of interactions. That would make sense too. You're right. Plus Jeff um, Jarrett. What the hell? I, I would, I, mean, I would be surprised if CM Punk ever steps ring and in, like into an impact ring, just because of the way he left TNA in general and how much he hated it there. And like, didn't he get into like a all like fist out, dicks out fight with Teddy Hart <laughs> in a county fair parking lot that Sabu had to break up or something. Yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah. Good old okay. Teddy. I, I think Teddy was just being innocent, trying to sell a cat to someone, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Teddy <laughs> had a backpack full of Persians. Like, hey, you guys want to get some of these Persians? <laughs> also, oh, my I God, will, dude. I'll trade them for painkillers and Coke. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, uh Okay. Wait, well, it's not like it's not out there. There's a whole fucking documentary on it. <laughs> I don't no, feel like piece of shit. You can make fun of him all you want. He's the fucking he's the exact opposite of his uncle. That's all I gotta say. Fuck. I, I mean, I'm him. not gonna make fun of him to his face. I might end up fucking missing like his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that Teddy Hart might be similar to Jimmy Snuka? 
Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> well, well, no, JP Snicker <laughs> pretended that it didn't happen. It went away. Teddy Hart <laughs> kind of was there. <laughs> I don't know. It's different. <laughs> how did Jimmy Snicker? Well, I know how he got away with it. His name's Vince McMahon. <laughs> Vincent Kennedy McMahon. How do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, before I have one more thing I want to talk about, and then we'll go over our predictions for Backlash, and we'll talk about Dynamite. Uh, to end the show, um, we covered a lot of stuff that I mean, Raw and SmackDown essentially were just building up their go home shows. I love the one last night in Puerto Rico uh, that I really enjoyed, uh, and I have been enjoying the way that they do their press conferences now uh, beforehand. So uh, that was a pretty cool aspect. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about the next, you know, and I, I've been. I've been kind of back and forth sometimes on uh, some of the episodes, and but they're still really great documentaries. Uh, we got the next uh, 10 episodes for season four, uh, premiering May 30th for Dark Side of the Ring. Chris, would you like to hear the content of what each episode will be about? Do, do we want to talk about the elephant in the room first is the... <laughs> Which elephant are you referencing? <laughs> Vice bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Dark Side for their content. Actually, that uh, Dark Side I think went somewhere else. I don't know where it is, but yeah, I heard that they have moved now. So, oh, or, good well, for them. Yeah. So someone bought them. Okay, that's good. <laughs> or they bought that content at least to put. Yeah, out. their premiere. Their premiere is still for the thirtieth on Vice TV, but apparently, I don't know. Because here's the thing, I think they got big on Netflix, so I don't know if this will, like, one of those apps are premiering their shows as well, so maybe they're completely moving on to, I forgot which one they're on, they're, it's either Hulu or Netflix, um, so maybe we'll we'll get them on that instead, but... Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird with if you're a fan of any Vice TV, that is Vice as a channel may be going away because they are uh, they went into bankruptcy and they're doing an asset sell after 90 days. Maybe the network the network is supposed to run for the next 90 days, but that thing might be something completely different. So if you like fuck that's delicious with Action Bronson, that may not be there for you. Just just I wonder if they'll keep that on Hulu. With new episodes because yeah no i love that i love that show too um all Ho- right so the the 10 Ho- hopefully not so we can get more action bronson and hook being a tag team <laughs> i'm done with that there you go so the 10 subjects for we'll do five and then five because i mean trying to talk a 10 at a time that will be fucking ridiculous but either way so the first five one i find very interesting marty Janetti. Bam Bam Bigelow, Abdullah the Butcher, Bash at the Beast 2000, which I'm sure Vince Russo will be all over that fucking thing. And one that's very interesting, the Graham family, which if you don't know, Eddie Graham was in charge of Florida. Him and his brother were a huge tag team before it. He unfortunately would go on to kill himself and his son, who became someone big in the industry, wrestler, promoter, also would inevitably take his own life. So... That one's uh, I, I'm I'm appreciative that we'll see some really old school wrestling because Eddie, shit, I believe him and his brother were a tag team back in like the fifties. Um, 
So, and also him as one of the biggest promoters and finding a guy named Dusty Rhodes to be his main, uh, you know, person in Florida championship wrestling. But Chris, great subjects. Mario Gennetti is another one. I'm very interested to go down that road. I just hope that uh, nothing, you know, knowing Vice beforehand, and we know that he won't be on the show to defend himself, but I hope nothing bad from uh, Shawn Michaels' past gets uh, dug up on that. I, I think this is going to be just a clear Marty Jannetty story. I mean, maybe they'll mention he had a tag team partner, and they were both wild. Because Marty Jannetty, like, we did a whole podcast, or at least an hour of a podcast, about that weird bowling alley story about how how he fucking killed a guy or whatever that wasn't that many years ago so i'm assuming they're going to go into that there's a lot with marty Janetti. um marty Janetti may have been the better worker at that time period in that tag team which is kind of crazy to think about like he was really fucking good wrestler obviously you know hbk 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 going to hbk but uh, Marty Janetti, man, that's that's gonna that one's gonna be interesting because there are so many different tales about Marty Janetti over the years, and even even him, like I said, that weird like I killed a guy because he tried to make me touch his penis or whatever storyline behind bowling alley, like he just he has weird shit out there like that. So that one's gonna be very interesting, specifically if they have Marty Janetti as part of it. Like if he's oh, no, actually going to be okay. So he's yeah, on the I'm preview. Looking, yeah. That one's going to be, that one's the one I'm probably most looking forward to. Cause Marty Janae is just fucking crazy. Um, and then the I just Graham, hope it's not a Sean Graham's. burial. That's, that's my biggest thing. How are you going to bury Sean? <laughs> he's Mr. WrestleMania he gives shit. If I was Sean Michaels, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go do my hunting channel show. I don't care. <laughs> and run NXT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like if you're Shawn Michaels at some point, you're just like, okay, Jen Eddie. <laughs> 93, 94 was a long ass time ago, buddy. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Not try to become one of the biggest wrestlers of all time? Sorry, uh, man. It seems, seems more like a you problem. So then there's the two big men. We got Bam Bam Bigelow and Abdul the Butcher. We saw a lot of Abdullah in the episode about, uh, uh, Bruiser Brody and how he p- tragically passed away, but specifically about him, I'm sure they're going to go into the scandal with that fucking weirdo Hannibal who claimed that well, what the hell was it, that he got syphilis from the blood from Abdullah the Butcher, but that was never proven. Uh, but also, Abdullah was a. Oh, does he have HIV? He claimed to get, and that guy's like a big podcaster. The fucking, He's a fucking nut, dude. Anyways, he claimed he got HIV. This it actually made him more popular than he ever should be. He claimed he got HIV exactly. because he asked he asked Abdullah to blade him, and Abdullah bladed himself first, and then bladed him, and then he got HIV, I guess. Um, and then after that, like when I went to the 2012 Fan Fest, because of that entire thing, Abdullah was like not allowed to be part of it. It was like weird. And uh, it was here in Atlanta, and he sat outside in the hotel lobby and signed autographs for people for free. Abdullah is a great, was a really nice guy. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe he did give the guy HIV. Yeah, fucking, maybe don't ask another guy to blade you after they blade themselves. 
Just saying. You know, swapping needles is not a good idea. Um, you would think common yeah, sense sure. common sense fucking dictates, but who the fuck knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I have Abby's Abby's a fucking legend, so that that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, him and the they talk. him and Brody, you know, a lot of great fucking feuds with Abdul the Butcher. Yeah, I hope they talk about uh, Abby specifically. I hope they talk about his Chinese buffet in Atlanta, A Town Down. If Punk gets to talk about his city, I get to talk about my city. Damn it, let's go! <laughs> God damn it, Austin Theory, will you save us? Save us, uh, Austin Theory. <laughs> or AJ Styles, man. You can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, all right, and then we have Bam Bam. That's going to be kind of tragic because he was one of the best big men, and you know, obviously died way too young, but just a fucking monster in Japan and WWE. Lawrence Taylor, fucking. They're gonna have, they're gonna have absolutely no. Team. They're gonna have like no footage of Bam Bam to show though. That's the unfortunate. I mean, I guess Japan. Will, footage? It will be all of his. It will be all his Japan footage, basically. Well, no, they they the way they do it, they record somehow they get around it by recording uh, a recording of a television. I don't I don't know how the fuck how that makes sense, but I've heard them break it down on Jericho. But that's how they are able to show WWE footage on there. Yeah, but the, the footage they show is like a set. It's like a second in the background on a TV while someone's talking over it. So it's like fair use or whatever. They don't ever actually show like they're not going to show us like Bam Bam and Mick Foley tagging together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, that's true. We're not going to get any ECW Bam Bam, which is my favorite Bam Bam personally. But yeah, uh, maybe we'll see a little bit here and there uh, from what they can show. Bash at the Beach 2000. That's going to be a fucking shit show. <laughs> I hope they got Hogan. To that I, hope, I hope they got Hogan, brother. Talk about this one because Hogan well, really Vince did get Russo bury Hogan, even though he's the one who fucking caused all of it. Yeah, I hope they get Bischoff, Hogan, and Jeff Jarrett to talk about that one because they were all confused on what the fuck was going on. <laughs> their Fucking stories do not their stories do not align with Russo's stories. And also Russo lost a fucking lawsuit over it. So I'm gonna go on a limb and say Russo's just full of shit. Like usual. And then the Graham family. Um also, that's the saddest that's, that's, Hulk Hogan. That's like the, the saddest Hulk Hogan face ever, by the way. When Jeff Jarrett just lays yeah. in the center of the ring and Hogan's like, the fuck am I supposed to do? It's almost like that sting face when he realizes Jeff Hardy's fucked up, too fucked up to have the match. It's that same yeah. exact face. Hogan's like, really, dude? It sucks. I mean, like, Hogan's an asshole, <laughs> whatever, but like you could tell he went out there to have a match. <laughs> And not only that, okay. fuck Finn Russo for what Hogan did for that company, for that to be his last outing with WCW, that was just a joke. Say what you want about Hulk Hogan. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, I mean, probably. Um, well, you can't say Hogan's last big match because he did go on to fight The Rock, and that was like the biggest match of all time. But as far as his biggest WCW match, that, I mean, that was the end. That was the, that was the end of the Hulk Hogan era in WCW. And it just went out yep. with a wet, shitty fart. And it's unfortunate because Hogan, Colin Nash, I mean, they, 
they did it, dude. They they whipped Vince's ass for what 180 days or whatever. Whatever the fuck Bischoff's podcast is called, which is not something to be proud of. It's like we won for like a little bit. <laughs> it's we like won, bringing, but we didn't win in the long run. It's like me being like, "Yo, the Jets got one Super Bowl." <laughs> like, uh huh. You're absolutely right on that. <laughs> it's kind of. Uh, it's like Ric Flair saying, you know, being the 16 time champion is like you lost 16 times. <laughs> uh, well, speaking about Florida wrestling, definitely two guys that influenced uh, Mr. Uh, Hulk Hogan were both Jerry and Eddie Graham. Uh, I'm very, I don't know a lot of the ins and outs. I know they were a big tag team for a long period of time. Uh, they were brothers. Eddie obviously became, like I said, promoter for Florida Championship Wrestling. Found a lot of great wrestlers like Dusty Rhodes and Kevin Sullivan and shit. And then, you know, like I said, the tragic outcome of his life, his son's life, Mike, you know, uh, that one's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I like learning. I, I'm excited about that one just because I don't know that much about their wrestling careers. I know a lot about uh, the FCW as a promotion and it, it definitely through osmosis of other podcasts and, and people talking about FCW dusty roads is a prime example and, and how much they learn. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything about the, their actual, like them as wrestlers. So that, that, that's going to be intriguing. Hopefully they don't spend like two minutes on it. <laughs> they just like, anyway, so they had FCW. Yeah, that don't don't gloss over it. I'd like to see a little bit from the old days. Um, all right, so then we have a couple more. We have Chris Candido and Tammy Cinch, and I already saw Mr. Cornette in his suit on the episode saying something about they had sex more times on the way to the wrestling match uh, than I did in my lifetime, or something like that. So I'm sure that episode is going to be salacious. And poor Chris Candido by the end of it, fucking Tammy and everything that happened recently for years since she was famous. God, that's going to be a shit show. I love Cornette's just out here just embracing the fact that he likes watching people have sex. <laughs> God damn, like, what are you doing? Oh, actually, yeah, keep on pounding. <laughs> uh, that's going to be an interesting one, man. That guy, he... What he, he died, he broke his leg, and he had surgery and got a staph infection and died, and there was a lawsuit, and Tammy ended up with money because they were married. Am I remembering this correctly? I'm not sure. I'm actually looking forward to finding out Chris's, because here's the thing. Chris is kind of like uh, Chris Canyon. Like, a lot of wrestlers always revere that he was one of the better workers from back in the day, and I saw him, obviously, with the body done as... And I saw him, obviously, a little bit in the ECW, but I never really experienced that much of him. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning. I'm not really looking forward to going over fucking everything from Sonny. Like, one of my first crushes, and she just turned into just a terrible person, honestly. Yeah, just stop driving places. Get over. She's on the she's, she's on the Uso list of get a Uber at this point. She's on the Roseanne Bar list of of, of female wrestlers. <laughs> get um, off get off Twitter and get a Uber list. Um, yeah, the the Chris Candido from what, 
from what I remember Sorry. with, from what I remember with, I can't, I, I gotta stop laughing while I go into this. From what I remember <laughs> of the Chris Candido, from what I remember with the Chris Candido story is that he actually got injured in the ring. I think, he, I want to say he broke his leg, like really bad break or something. And then he ended up with like an infection and died. Um, That's terrible. And then there was a lawsuit of like a work-related injury because there was no insurance involved. And, and I don't know. I And this is all going off memory, but uh, Chris Candido was like well-loved by everyone he worked in the ring, which is kind of the best thing you can say as a wrestler or, or about a wrestler. Like there's, you know, yep. Lance Storms talked about working with Chris Candido, like but a bunch of really well-loved in-ring technical wrestlers really like Chris Candido. Um, he's just, I don't know. I don't know how to say this without being mean. He's kind of fucking boring. <laughs> Much like Lance Storm. <laughs> yeah, great in-ring, kind of a boring personality. Didn't really have, at least Lance Storm turned that into a funny gimmick. Oh, well, I, I, I'm with the help of WW. No, he did that in WCW too, but yeah, Chris, he seemed like a great technical guy in the ring. I know everyone kind of talks about him highly about that, but I just always found him boring. If he didn't have Sonny and um, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard with them, kind of, I don't know. But it'll be fun to learn more about him because I know be that cool. people like his Go work. Ahead. It'll be cool to yeah, hear. Like um, I said, I was gonna, I was just going to say it'll be cool to hear Jim talk about Tammy as well because he's been the. When everyone else said that she was completely terrible, he's always kind of backed her. So it's going to be interesting to see what he says. Yeah, I think he just feels bad. Did, did Jim kind of break her into the industry? He did, and they were friends. And um, she kind of so worked does he feel responsible? It sounds like he, sounds resp- he feels responsible somehow for obviously what would end up from her being a part of the industry. But I mean, it's her own accord. No one told her to fucking go crazy. And Too bad. She was a great presence. She would have been great in the Attitude Era if she kept her shit together. She would have been great you know, kind of going forward. But not a good person, I don't think. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of, it's going to be interesting to hear. Like I said, it's going to be the most interested I'm, uh, of things I, because they're just going to show a bunch of new Jack stuff talking about her, probably. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure he's got plenty already on camera. Because fucking new Jack. Um, but Jim talking about it is, is, it was almost heartbreaking when he did the podcast after her last, like, because she accidentally, it, for those who don't know, Sonny accidentally killed a guy drinking and driving. And somehow is not in prison now, even though it was like her third or fourth DUI. So Jim had some very negative things to say about that while trying to be positive about the person he used to know. So that's going to be interesting if they're if they're able to get that within a 45 minute episode, because I think he spent like 20 minutes on his podcast. So Yeah, and kind of opposite of that um, next episode Really good guy, revered by everyone in the industry, with just a tragic, abrupt, uh, you know, ending. But him still going on to be a great trainer and just person within the industry. Magnum TA, 
I've seen his matches. I've obviously seen the match Starcade with Tully in the cage, fucking last man standing, um, or I quit match. Great fucking wrestler. I've heard a lot of good things. I, I'm I'm looking forward to finding out more details about him, though. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff now that, or at least back on the WWE Network, that showed up that I hadn't seen growing up uh, with Magnum TA before, obviously before his accident, because um, he did wrestle after that, which is kind of crazy, but. Uh, he was groomed to be like the biggest star, like they're the NWA's next Ric Flair up until there, right? Yep, he was the guy that they were, you know, before before uh, Dusty kind of put a little bit of magic with Barry or tried out Lex, um, even Nikita when he became a babyface. His first big project was Magnum. And before Which is Sting, crazy with, you know, <laughs> did you say Nicola? <laughs> no, I said Nikita, Nikita Koloff. Um, uh, okay. You know, I was like, I'm trying to think of which Russian nightmare was missing a leg. <laughs> it was like, funny enough, one of them were also missing a leg at one point. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he, it's sad story, man. No. Uh, and I'm glad that he's, he seems he had an interview on busted open. Seems like a very happy person, but, you know, to be kind of groomed to being one of those top guys and putting on really long fucking badass, like, you know, his style was much more brawlish, but, uh, you know, just having these long fucking matches, too bad. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about him. He's yeah, a, would, that's a Blanchard would, stepfather. Yeah, I would compare him to Kerry Von Erich, honestly. that's I think that's a... A good compare, especially yeah. because of the the accidents they both had um, in their career, kind of after it, because both Magnum TA and the Texas Tornado himself were groomed to be like the next big thing, and unfortunately, it just didn't happen. That's gonna be a fun. That's gonna yeah. be. Well, I don't want to say it's gonna be a fun one, but it's gonna be an interesting one, um, especially if they're able to get footage and stuff of the matches. That'll be that'll be a cool watch. So then we have Adrian Adonis, which once again, I'm very curious about him. Um, people revere him as great performer. You know, we, he was tag team champions in the seventies and multiple promotions with Jesse, the body Ventura. Uh, then he had the whole androgynous Adrian Adonis and took that very similar to Adrian street going around at the same time, but him and Roddy, Roddy Piper in WWF. Um, and then he tragically died. Uh, a little bit later than that, I believe. Uh, so just another one that was big in the industry, did not have the best physique, but a really good in-ring wrestler. And, you know, just, I don't know if, it, I don't know if he was Dino Bravo or anything like that, but just died. I'll, I'll look up the details. Actually. I forgot how he died specifically. So I yeah, the, the androgyny of his character is going to be the big thing because it, it date. Well, a lot of it is goes back to gorgeous George, which if, Hey, if you go back yeah. to the geek, <laughs> the, the geek vibes nation.com, I wrote an entire article about the origins of heels, uh, of wrestling that you can check out. Um, 
but yeah, it's definitely a little bit of gorgeous George and that plays into like kind of Ric Flair's character. And he went like one step further with the androgyny, which is what gave us like gold dust and um, more so a lot of the characters we see now. Like if you think of like the acclaimed, like the acclaimed can't exist if all of these other things don't exist beforehand in wrestling. So yeah, it's, no, it's, I agree with you on that. It's 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 a unique, very cool thing. I'm trying to figure out how he unfortunately passed away. I thought it was like a car accident or something like that. Um. Yeah, I think they swerved out of the way to uh, avoid a moose. He wasn't driving, but he had a massive head injury. So it's another tragic ending to a wrestler that had a lot of legs. Um, and I think he passed away in the late 80s. So, you know, like you said, between it's they're both Adrians, but between Adrian Street and Adrian Adonis, they would kind of, that androgynous character we would see in, like you said, Gold Dust, or even recently more like a Velveteen Dream, or whatever, what have you. Um, but yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good one. Damn it, Velveteen Dream, you broke my heart. <laughs> uh, I just feel I feel weird about that whole situation. I think what he said and how he just went to court and he was proven innocent, and but now he's a drug addict and. I, I don't think he'll even be alive in the next couple. I hate saying that, but he keeps on getting in trouble and shit. And he's fighting never people, coming back. Fighting people at Planet Planet Fitness or wherever the fuck. Um, yeah, or or getting a DUI and being on fucking pills and shit. It's unfortunate, man, because I think well, a lot of people. You know, no. Pinned. I I hate to say this, but he might be a future episode of Dark Side of the Ring, while he's still you know going through it. And they need to start um, doing some modern episodes of Dark Side of the Ring because there's a lot of people that were top tier talent that didn't, especially now that we're, you know, like, like, where's the Truth Martini episode, for instance? Like, there's a lot yeah. of, like, wrestlers that have passed away that are more modern. Um, but, I mean, I get why they do. They're trying to open it up to a broader audience and feed into the nostalgia of the 80s and 90s and 70s or you know, they're doing their thing. So keep doing your thing, but also like, you know, throw us, throw us a bone every once in a while. Give us like, give us a modern yeah, so far, episode. So far, the only modern wrestler you did was, was Nick Gage. And I like Nick, but I mean, I mean, they, they did been, I'm, they did been I would consider that modern. Right? Yeah, I guess that's Owen. Modern. Yeah. The Owen one was, was great because there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't seen. Um, but that's specifically because of uh, that's specifically uh, I can't think of Owen's wife's name, unfortunately. Um, specifically because she was open to talk about it, which I thought was really really cool, and it was also super awesome. AEW is doing this a uh, the Owen Hart tournament and is donating to Owen Hart's charity. I think that's uh, all. That stuff is good stuff. It's all awesome. No, I completely agree. Uh, another. Well, I mean, there's been a couple people uh, that have taken the moniker of Doink, and so I'm, I'm assuming they're going over uh, Matt Bourne. Yeah. Because, you know, just a, another revered wrestler amongst his peers, and and also what he honestly turned Doink into 
as a heel before he was forced to go babyface. And I think they replaced him at first with Steve Lombardi and then a couple other people. Uh, but also died pretty young for his age, I would say, uh, in the early 2010s, I think. So that will be an interesting episode. Yeah, that's going to be interesting just to hear all of the different doinks talk about original doink. Hopefully they get all of them because there's still people doing the doink gimmick. Um, but his yeah. was the most notable because he was the evil clown. It's, it's, it, it's like the, the U.S.'s version of Tiger Mask. Unfortunately, we did not have as cool as one, but uh, and the first one was definitely the best. I guess Siam is the best out of ever. Well, Masawa, I don't know. Don't listen to me. Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> Some good tiger masks. Um, Go to Abushi. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Bourne is the one everyone remembers because it's it's the evil clown, right? And the rest of them were kind of goofy and feuding with Lawler and like Dink, Dink, Dink and you Doink. Have, you think they'll have Dink <laughs> on the show? I want to see Dink. Is he still alive? That'd be awesome. Unfortunately, probably not. But yeah. that would be cool if he is alive. That'd be awesome. They got Dink in there. That'd be cool. Though I think there's right, multiple so the last one. Dinks as well. I think there's multiple Dinks as well. So um, that one's that, that sentence that you just said. Multiple I think there's dinks. multiple Dinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know Matthew Bourne was super upset with the way he got released, and he's talked about it. And there's lots of shoot interviews with him. So if you want to get your game up before watching this episode of dark side of the ring he's he he had a lot to say after that um of what that character kind of became and uh how he got released from the wwe so that'll be an interesting one and how much of his shoot interviews they put in there will be interesting hell yeah it will be uh you know before we talk about the last subject, what's the uh, name of Eddie Guerrero's old tag partner that everyone said was Art Bar? I'd like to see a, a future episode about Art Bar because he's another guy that was revered in the industry, you know, and I think Jake's the one who ended up helping him out get to WCW or maybe WWF, and they gave him a ridiculous gimmick. And um, But Eddie Guerrero's old tag team partner, Art Bar. Anyways, the last one, and this is going to be a good one, they have JR on it, Junkyard Dog. And another guy that I'm surprised we haven't, you know, I, I, I didn't think that they would need to do him, or I didn't even think about Junkyard Dog, but it makes sense to put, because he was great, and it's, it's, it's him working himself, but also doing lots of drugs and fucking overeating towards the end that, Ended up running out his clock, but one of the biggest baby faces in the 80s. And basically, Eddie Graham had Dusty fucking Cowboy Bill Watts had Junkyard Dog JYD. So uh, Jim Ross is going to be in the episode. That should be a really fucking awesome episode. Sad, too, obviously. Yeah, that's going to be a really cool one. I, I want to know what kind of footage they have. We're going to get the Parrot. We're going to get Parrot JYD. Um, because did he come out with a pair? Coco Beware. Oh, I'm thinking of Coco Beware. <laughs> Never mind. JYD with the chains. My bad. One man gang. JYD. You good? Um. So, 
God, are they gonna do like late seventies tag stuff with him? Oh, he's in a lot of tag. I want to see him and Dusty when they were a tag team. Yeah, because they were like two popular baby faces. That'd be didn't pretty he, fucking cool. Didn't he team with Mass Dusty Dusty too when Dusty <laughs> lost a loser well, the, the, the uh, match? Desperado uh, or Midnight Rider? Midnight Rider. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think he might have. I don't remember, but. <laughs> Oh God! But yeah, JYD that'll be a fun one. The Midnight Rider, <laughs> the thump. <laughs> you know, it was a headbutt from him, but that was it. Once he got the headbutt. All right, but that's um, Dark Side of the Ring. So I'm actually I'm happy that we're doing individual things. I know we're doing the salacious one of Bash at the Beach 2000, but that seems to be the worst. Like. I'm kind of just happy of having mini biographies on some of the wrestlers that tragically died too young. So hopefully that's where we stay instead of trying to like, I don't know. Yeah. The bash, the, of the, beach, the bash of the beach one should just be everyone burying Russo, which will be fun. And Russo being on the opposite end, having no idea that everyone disagrees with him. Like, bro, I did this, bro. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I just, just look up that YouTube clip of Brian Alvarez talking about Russo. It's just kind, of, kind of the fucking best. <laughs> He's like, I don't understand this guy. <laughs> He's like the only uh, one of the only podcasters that like that won't openly bury Russo, but is not afraid to just say, say Russo's bullshit in the most Brian Alvarez way possible. It's it's worth a listen. But yeah, like. I don't know. He lost a lawsuit about this one. So what is the what? Are, what are we going to learn about this? They fucked over Hogan and Bischoff. That's the and then Bischoff and Hogan sued Turner and Turner lost. And then WCW was done in two thousand one. I just I just gave you a synopsis of the entire episode. But yeah, you race. Yeah. You ready to talk about some dynamite? I tried to eat a cookie. It didn't work out too well. Sorry. <laughs> Armed Anderson was on uh, this episode of Dynamite. God, he is so massive looking. Like, not in a fat way. Like, I feel like Arn Anderson could easily whoop my ass. I mean, probably. And, he's uh, got, he's got like, grandpa strength. You don't want, to, you don't want no part of that. That grand. He's had grandpa strength back when he was in his twenties. My God, somewhere like Terry, somewhere Terry Funk was just out. I'll kick Arn Anderson's ass right now, son of now, a somewhere bitch. Terry, somewhere Terry Funk is waking up out of a nap, punching, just like, oh, what the fuck? Oh shit! Just in his living room. That's what I hope he's doing right now. Just, just asking people if they've ever seen the movie Roadhouse. <laughs> Have you ever seen? <laughs> oh, God. Ever seen that goddamn movie I started in called Roadhouse? <laughs> the one with Patrick Swayze? No, the one with Terry Goddamn Funk. That's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Who the hell's Patrick Swayze? Sounds like a dancing ghost. <sighs> that Sylvester Stallone's a good old boy. <laughs> Tell you what. I can't not do the Hank because they're the same. Terry Funk and Hank Hill are like 
there's one degree of separation <laughs> for me in my mind. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, I like to think about Dory Funk talking about Terry Funk, and he's like, "Well, that boy ain't right." <laughs> he would say that about him. Hey, man! I like Terry Funk. You check my lawler, you son of a bitch! Oh, wow. Uh, so completely gone off the rails, but I love it. Um, I think everyone else will love it, so it's good. All right, Dynamite. <laughs> Dynamite. Dynamite. Starting off with an eight-man tag team uh, match. Kind of confused a little bit. Why didn't they go with Acclaim since Acclaim's been feuding with the two members of the Jericho Appreciation Society? Um, they won the battle. And, well, they did that. They were in the Battle Royal. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, it, just, it was just a weird pairing, but we had Bandito, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, uh, Orange Cassidy going against the Jericho Appreciation Society, Daniel Garcia, um, Matt Menard, and the other one. And then um, Cool Hand Angelo Parker. There you go. I can read. Jake Hager. Um, fun match. Dude, has Roderick Strong fucking skipped a beat no not at all and he yeeted somebody that kind of dead weighted him i can't remember who he grabbed he hit somebody with a t-bone suplex and it looked amazing <laughs> i was like oh i love you roddy You're the best dude uh, the fucking beast my notes on this match too many fucking blind tags i got confused yeah. So if you're the ref in this match i would you should definitely be confused but they like they were doing and they did this to set up the finish of the main event. Because they also did a bunch of blind tags in the main event. And and like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm starting to not be a fan of the blind tag. I've never been a fan, I don't think. If, if, I guess. When you see six in one match, it's like, it's too much. It's like it should be like a one-off thing the heels do, not like your baby faces shouldn't also be blind tag. Well, whatever. It was a good match. They did a bunch of shit. Bandito's awesome. Bandito is awesome. Roger Strong's awesome. All right, so a little Bandito. bit of information on <laughs> Bandito looking so hyped to just be there on his entrance. By the way, was my favorite thing. <laughs> he just that was looks, pretty cool for him, man. He just he just looks so fucking. Cause I love Bandito. Even through the mask, you'd tell he's just so excited. I love that guy. Put the title on him. Give him one of those WWE belts. <laughs> Give him one of the three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good stuff. Um, and then afterwards, I mean, it was pretty cool. Jericho's on commentary. And then Adam Cole, uh, as soon as he fucking wins, runs up the ramp while Chris Jericho is staring at the monitor and just tackles him, goes through the fucking backdrop and just starts punching him. This would actually lead on Rampage to Chris Jericho not uh, coming to commentary, uh, being there so he'd get paid, but refusing to leave his locked dressing room um, because of Adam Cole's uh, just, you know, his outrage, I guess. 
I love that Jericho's just out here selling Britt Baker's shirt. I hope Britt Baker's giving me a cut of these shirts, by the way. Because <laughs> it makes sense when Jer- Also, don't buy these shirts if you're a grown-ass man. <laughs> but Seriously. If you're, if you're Jericho, <laughs> it makes sense. It's kind of funny. <laughs> he's, he's probably increased her shirt sales. I, like, I, I like that he just keeps wearing it. It's just like... Also, uh, I haven't listened to Jericho's podcast in a long time, but does he have like an ad for keeps? This man's this man's hair has grown back in a way that is not possible <laughs> for having long hair. But uh, yeah, I love Jericho. I, I, I have nothing to say about him on commentary. Honestly, I don't even like. He just he just happened to get his ass kicked. I, did he say anything? I just cool? love that visual. Oh, him getting thrown through the little like curtain, which great. By the um, way, more people should use the just throw them through a curtain. Because <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know what's down there. <laughs> like there could be like eight thousand steps down there for all I know. <laughs> just ridiculous, uh, man. Just a did, lot of what fun. Did, what did Britt Baker say when she was chasing him? Uh, she, you know, Adam Cole's getting drug out and. Uh, she called him like she called him a piece of shit. She called him a piece of shit, and then she just said, "Bitch, Jericho." I was like, <laughs> "I hope Jericho shows the up." Shit out of him. Yeah, it, but she called him "Bitch, Jericho." I hope he shows up. Like I think Alvarez said the same thing. I hope he shows up with a fucking shirt that just says "Bitch, Jericho" next week <laughs> on the like the same shirt with her face with the black eye on the front and on the back it just says "Bitch, Jericho." <laughs> That'd be pretty lit. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Um, oh, has Lord. the Jericho Appreciation Society ever looked like <laughs> more wimps than they looked like on this show, though? They got absolutely uh, drug. And then Sammy's, like, not even with them anymore, I guess. He's hanging out with MJF. Like, someone explain that one to me. Of how I Jericho no is okay with Sammy hanging out with MJF after the feud they just had, like, eight months ago that was, like, a blood feud. Where... Sammy was the one who hated him the whole entire time. Right. I mean, I think that's oh, part of the storyline is like Sammy's probably going to tease, like, I'll let you pin me or whatever, and then roll him up or something for the win, which don't do that, AEW. People are going to get really bad. They better put the belt on Darby. People are going to get pissed. Uh, I think it's going right back on MJF. Probably, but people are going to get pissed. I thought that uh, Willow Nightingale and uh, Soraya actually had a good match. It was nice that they had a match, uh, basically from the women, uh, this early on the show. Um, it's just, it's hard, and and it's got to be hard being a wrestler, you know, with the limitations that you have set in the match to go against her. It's just kind of like you're nervous the whole entire time, but the whole storyline, I don't care as much. Yes, that's pretty much what I wrote about it is like, I just don't give a shit. And why is Jamie Hayter involved in this? That's was my notes. And I also said Willow sold like a million bucks because she sold 80% of the match. She hit like a couple moves, but the rest of the time was just her getting uh, dogged on the outside. And that's just, that's just going to be working with Soraya right now. She's. She's back, she's wrestling, and she's healthy to wrestle, but this isn't the same thing as, like, Christian coming back. 
I don't think she's going to give us like a five star banger. Yep, I agree. I did like the I did like the I did like the I like the ending of the match. Like it was kind of fun with um uh former women's champion. Like they kind of set it up as a yeah, they did the DDP like NWO thing. Uh yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. And then she she maced them with the spray paint. Um and then wrote AEW. Well, they didn't do a good job of doing the AEW like on their chest, but probably because they were like, you've got like 15 seconds before commercial. <laughs> so she's like, Shh, spraying as fast as possible. It's like, y'all couldn't cut out one of these <laughs> other shitty segments for this. Um, but anyways, yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. I like Willow Nightingale a lot. Uh, she, this women's division is kind of terrible. Uh, not because of the wrestlers they have involved in it, just because of what they're doing with their storylines. Yep. Bingo. Um, next, we have backstage Danielson. Damn, Danielson knows how to get heat. The person he's probably been compared to his whole entire career, and <laughs> I know for a fact he's a fan of, uh, but just to, just to go there, got... I got under a lot of fan skins saying that Bret Hart said he was. A, it's the same thing that fucking Punk did, you know, years back too. The best year is the best year ever was. Well, Bret Bret Hart sucks and just completely. You know, he didn't say Bret Hart sucks. He said it's not fair for yourself to compare. It's not fair to get, say you're the best ever that there ever will be. Still sharp and steel. I'm. He basically said yeah. I'm better than you without saying it, which, you know. Um, if we're going to break down like Bret Hart versus Brian Danielson matches that, yeah, I mean, I think Brian Danielson's probably better. Yeah. It's also a I would say different time. <laughs> his submission skills are no one. Well, you know, I always compare Danielson. I know he always gets compared to Bret probably because of what they represent for their eras more so than exact style. But Owen was the speedy, I can go off top ropes, kind of high flyer, but I'll mix it in with a lot of submission work, uh, more so than his brother, Brett. That's who I always kind of compare. Yeah, so I thought about that when he was doing that. I was like, wouldn't it be great if Brett showed up to like talk about the tournament and Daniel Bryan kicked the leg out of his leg and then talked about how he kicked oh. the leg out of his leg? <laughs> you know Brett would take a bump for fucking Brian Danielson. <laughs> I mean, cool he doesn't too. have to. He doesn't even have to take a bump. All he's got to do is sell the leg. Like Brian kicks him in the back of the leg, and he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> he's like, "That's why I did what I did. That's why I kicked the leg out of your leg." Uh, that's not gonna oh, happen. Man. But if it did, it'd be amazing. Because hey, remember, he's the one who displayed the first title. So, it's funny because like back. early Brian Danielson was more. It, it's. It's kind of funny. Early Brian Danielson was more like Owen Hart, and this version of Brian Danielson is more like Bret Hart, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but you can I you can, can definitely you can definitely tell. Uh, he also still sells like Shawn Michaels though, which is <laughs> I'm sure pisses yep. Bret off. Oh yeah, and then then there's the influence from Billy Robinson and Japanese wrestlers and fucking. Um, Dean Malenko, so he's a powerhouse. We all know the American Dragon's pretty badass, but also Moxley within this 
uh, said that it's going to be him and Kenny Omega in a cage match that I'm sure weapons are going to get into. God dang it, man. Don't kill Kenny, please. Dude, they, they've, asked, they've asked Moxley to dial this back to like six or seven. And that's why I got was talking about Dylan McKay. Because like the way he's talking, he was like talking like the cool guy, James Dean. <laughs> Even though he's like being super intense, but he's like really low voice. He's like, anyways, still sharp and steel. <laughs> like, or whatever. Very sexy. <laughs> uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I don't think, was what he was supposed to be going for. Because Moxley's usually like a hundred mile. He's he's all the way up to eleven, and they're like, "Nia, dial it down a little bit for what we're doing here." And also, can we talk about Claudio just creeping in the background? Which was my favorite part. <laughs> the only the only man with the title just creeping back there, <laughs> like the creepiest looking. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, wow. That, that match is going to be a banger. Kenny Omega and uh, <laughs> Omega and Moxley. Omega's going to make it a banger whether Moxley wants it or not. So Moxley's going to be yeah, like, no what, if we do, what if we do a bunch of stuff? <laughs> Omega's going to be like, what if we just have a match? <laughs> but no, I was thinking about like, you know, should I bring like a trash can and like put it that in the middle of the uh, like, no, I don't think I want to do that, John. No, I want. Well, how about a dumpster? How about you go up to the top rope and I dragon suplex you off of it? <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, don't know Okada. He lived. Maybe you will too, since you just intend on killing yourself, Moxley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. So yeah, then there was a part where Soho and uh, Storm attacked uh, Willow Nightingale because Soraya was like distracting her, and then she delivered. Uh, DVD to Storm, uh, and yeah, we talked yeah, about that. That's the spray paint thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> These things are out of order. Sorry about that. All right. So the Tres de Mayo trios battle royal. Um, this was fun. Uh, we had the Dark Order. We had the Acclaim with Daddy Ass. We had Pyros Hobbs, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo. Why the fuck is Hobbs with these guys? Why are you doing this to him? You had him going in the right direction. Then you put him with TMZ fucking idiots. Fuck QT Marshall. Fuck QT Marshall. Give the diamond cutter to any other motherfucker, you douche. Well, you know, it should make you happy. I think he was like one of the first people. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Uh, <laughs> Butcher Blade and Kip, Lucha Brothers and El Hiro Del Fankingo, and the varsity uh, athletes, Josh Woods, Tony Nese, Ari Davari. They got eliminated, okay. I think, immediately. Um, and the Acclaim won! So is it going to be the, so? It's going to be the the acclaim and daddy ass going against House of Black, Chris. Interesting. I mean, I guess, I guess so. That's the, I, I guess so. I that's what they're doing. Um, we also have the new House of Black rules. Was that before or after this? I can't remember. Where they changed the entire rules of what the tag titles are going to be, how how they're going to be defended. Anyways, um, Max Caster going out. Yeah, what what were those rules? Do you remember specifically? It's like twenty second, twenty outside. second count. 
which doesn't matter because there's never I don't think there's ever been a count out in AEW history. Because <laughs> um, the the refs add five seconds. It's great. Yeah, no no rope breaks. Um, you can choose if it's a DQ match or a non DQ match. That was the the gist of it, I guess. So I was like, so it's like a no DQ match, basically. It's like no DQ match, but you got to get back in the ring within 20 seconds, which they're never going to adhere to. Um, and also, Julia Hart's terrible. She does not fit this group at all. They, If they could trade Julia Hart for Scarlett Boudreaux, they should do that in a like, minute. You know, Raw and SmackDown got the draft going on. Maybe they could, <laughs> could trade that way. She would fit so much better with that. <laughs> She's just... She just does. She's like, and whenever we decide, it's like, that's oh, not, that's not it. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> it just doesn't fit. They could have got like, uh, what's the, it's like a fat ass with a bad attitude. Put her in that group. She'd be better. <laughs> Ember. Yeah. Moon where's, where's all the J? Yeah. Like, <laughs> put. Puts, she cannot promo. I was like, ooh, don't ever put her on the mic again. I'm sorry, Julia. Y'all just fired Leva Bates and you got Julia Hart out here cutting promos? I don't know about that one, Tony. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, that was... What the fuck is Kara Hogan doing? Like, better promo than Julia Hart. <laughs> like, at least in that No, group, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, there's, there's other women that you have on the roster... That we could, I don't know. You want someone that had like barely any experience. You want to put a bad motherfucker with House of Black, Masa Slamovich, <laughs> put her with House of Black. <laughs> Just have her start cutting promos in Russian. It'd be amazing. So awesome. Uh, but yeah, the the Julie Hart thing threw me off. But the the battle royal was fun. I like that Mac, Max Caster got eliminated with like six or seven people left. So it kind of did because I because I just assumed the acclaim were going to win. Um, also, Billy Gunn and Hobbs should never be in the ring together because <laughs> Hobbs is supposed to be this dominating monster. <laughs> Billy Gunn's out here the size of the fucking Undertaker. He doesn't still. Dude. It's still ridiculous. The guy's so huge. I love you, Billy Gunn, but he's so big. When he pulled his shirt off, like Butcher was attacking him, he just like one whipped his shirt off. He's like, "Yeah, I got abs." I was like, God "Damn, Billy Billy Gunn's bigger than half the <laughs> roster. It's ridiculous." If you st- if you combined Jungle Boy. And- if you combine the four pillars, they wouldn't be as big as Billy Gunn. <laughs> like, dude, Hobbs is out here fighting. He's huge. Like, Hobbs, you're putting in work, bud. You're huge. But, like, you're just not gifted with being as tall and as huge as Billy Gunn. Like, it's ridiculous. And, dude, did Billy Gunn, like, uh, because everyone was huge... Did he look that big back in the day? No, everyone was just that big. That's what it's like when Sting gets in the ring with some of these guys, you're like, oh, fucking Sting was way bigger than I remember him being. But yep. And like sometimes even like Matt Hardy's in the ring with someone and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Matt Hardy's a big dude. 
I've met Jeff Hardy yep. in person. He, he's much bigger than me. But that's, it's just kind of one of those weird things, with, especially because his name is Powerhouse Hobbs, and he's they're trying to Powerhouse. make him like. It's like, well, I mean, there's a reason why they don't keep Lance Archer around, I guess, or or uh, uh, the real one's old tag partner, because they're just like way bigger than everyone else. Just ridiculous. But anyways, yeah, I like the uh, the scissor me, the uh, double fame assers, which they almost <laughs> said on commentary and had to dial it back. I don't know if fame asser is trademarked by WWE. <laughs> oh, uh, it they probably kinda, is. They kind of called it like a weird like scissor kick. They should have called it Rough Riders. I'm sure, you know, Zack Ryder would have got a kicked out. Like, <laughs> Matt Cardona would have got a kick out of that. Um, so it was fun seeing them win and Butcher and the Blade lasting to the end. I mean, it doesn't do anything for them because they're just, they have Kip Sabian on their team. So that says, that says all you need to know about that team. Uh, but uh, yeah, Kip Sabian fun. holding people back since the beginning of this company. <laughs> he should go back to putting the bag on his head and then me not realizing that was a gimmick for six oh months. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, and that's the thing that says the Butcher and the Blade, both of them are great. Dude, the butcher was in a was it on Rampage last week? He had a promo, and I was like, "Where the fuck's this guy been?" I guess we just never hear him. But it was like it's kind of like Macho Man esque. Like he was fucking just intense. And I've always liked uh, the blade. Or I'm talking about the blade. I've always liked the butcher because of his look. You know, looking like a fucking Harley race with a bunch of tattoos on him. But yeah, Kip Sabian's not the best person to hang out with. I don't think. I think he should grow his hair back out, though. He looked crazier with the monocle and the long hair. But, yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah. They're not even a bad tag team. I'm going to blame this on AEW on this. Like, I feel like if if you gave me that team oh. in Impact, I could get them over. Or if you gave me that team in NXT, I could make them a great tag team. Like, that's, this is, that's on AEW as a company. They're good. You just gave them a stupid thing <laughs> by giving them the bunny for no reason if they were just the butcher and the blade straight out the gate and just wrecked everybody it would have been they would have worked fine it would have been a good tag team that would have been good we're also i was gonna say a good tag team against pride and powerful where is pride and powerful i don't know i don't even know if they've worked out their shit hopefully they did it sucks because they're brothers so hopefully they worked out their shit or hopefully we get them in singles competition. Yeah. You know, they're too good not to be there. <laughs> yep, I agree with you, man. Um, by the way, I like the serious promo that Kenny and uh, Don Callis cut uh, <laughs> before the TNT Championship match. And so basically, this- that scar fucking looked like it sucked, man. That's uh, going to be on his fucking forehead for the rest of his life. But, yeah, I was going to talk about that. So they did this thing where they like brought the camera back to really make sure the light hit the scar just right. It made it look like he just got hit with it. Um, that thing is gnarly. But there's, I, I feel like Don Callis is going to turn on Kenny. <laughs> it's just, it just, I don't know. He kept cutting Kenny off. And then Kenny, Kenny obviously finished the promo out and was like, and Don. Uh, 
but there seems like Don Callis is kind of a, I don't know, could he be a babyface manager? Because it's kind of how they're booking him. But it seems like he was gonna turn. He's gonna turn on Kenny and the Bucks and join Black. I um, hope he Black turns. Combat Club. Kenny's just going to be out here by himself fighting Punk, all of Punk's fans, all of the Blackpool Combat Club. In Chicago. If there's only if there was only someone that could help him that used to be in a tag team with him by the name of Coda. <laughs> Are we going to get the golden love? Hey! That's... <laughs> hey! <laughs> I like that theory. Sure do. TNT match. Um, from what I remember, he just destroyed this dude, right? Which match was this? The oh, the Wardlow match. Yeah, he just murdered him. Yeah. And then Luchasaurus and Christian Cage came out, and Christian uh, let everyone know, and I think to to Luchasaurus's surprise that he's challenging uh, Wardlow. So it's going to be Wardlow and Christian Cage, I guess. Interesting. It's smart that they did this, though, because they needed to pull the trigger on separating Jungle Boy fully from this situation. Um, So building a feud between Lucha, Soros, and Christian kind of makes sense. I mean, they did the burial, but this is like the extra on top of it. A little sprinkle, sprinkle sauce of like Jungle Boy is not going to go after Luchasaurus. Uh, also, you could get baby baby face Luchasaurus. You know, maybe he comes in and makes it safer Jungle Boy down down the line or something. So, uh, I did I like, like this that. though. Christian versus Wardlow sounds like a way better match than Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. Nothing against Wardlow doesn't have great big man matches. He he's done really well with uh, he did really well with Cody Rhodes, and I I feel like that Christian can get that kind of match out of him. Yeah. I definitely think you're right. Um, so, probably the best <laughs> best part of uh, Dynamite contributed <laughs> just a little bit of, of help on the Briscoe farm. Uh, even if Mark did not really want it, but Papa Briscoe had no problem putting to work Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and the best in this, honestly, who still doesn't talk, but still, Satnam Singh in a giant fucking overalls with the damn hat. Oh, dude, I, I, I love this. I like that they could find Satnam Singh these overalls from the Big and Tall store, but they couldn't get Okada a suit. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, this was amazing, dude. Uh, I, I don't even know how to put this through. Satnam Singh literally, like, you know of Mice and Men? That's what I think Lenny would look like. <laughs> Mice and Men. <laughs> and Mark Briscoe's like, no problem with my baby. <laughs> like, So I hope Sanjay Dutt is not a random rabbit, because that's not going to be good. Sanjay Dutt was having so much fun here, and it made me have so much fun. He was just frolicking around and dancing, and he's like, I, I. when they were putting brush in the back of the <laughs> in the back of the whack, like the uh, trailer, <laughs> they're like, I think it's full. Mark Briscoe, ain't full till I say it's full. <laughs> it's just, 
It's just classic. And then Papa Briscoe shows up. <laughs> so good. Everything about this was amazing. Did Jeremy Borash get fired <laughs> from WWE? Because that makes me you want to come over there. They're gonna. Yeah, it's, it, this makes me more hopeful of what this deletion thing is gonna look like. <laughs> if this is what oh, dude, gonna it do. was last night. It was. It was not. It was awful, actually. I mean, I mean, I. It was. It was funny, but yeah, that that was actually last night on Rampage. Oh, I missed it. So it wasn't. Yeah, was you it, didn't miss much. At, Actually, with Rampage, you missed the better thing was um, Mark Briscoe had a fucking awesome match, and then he had his whole family because they were close to the farm, like right at the Delaware border. Yeah, I think they were in Baltimore, but um, the whole family was there. Everyone jumped in the ring. It was a, it was a good time. But beforehand, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal were trying to convince Mark to talk to uh, FTR for a title match. So, so here, so Jeff Jarrett was also amazing in that. By the way, with his like, all right, so I'm gonna play a song you guys know. It's called Baby Tonight. Papa Briscoe shows up <laughs> before he can play it. That was great. Um, Jeff Jarrett's just having the time of his life right now. And uh, the question I was gonna ask you is. In your wrestling Hall of Fame, not the WWF Wrestling Hall of Fame, Jeff Jarrett's a Hall of Famer, right? Oh, yeah. But not because of WWF. <laughs> no, I would say for everything. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a good uh, IC title run um, later when he was able to first do the slap nuts thing. He was fine. But what he did in WCW and TNA probably would define his career yeah we, we did you did the interview with him he seemed super super nice super nice guy um because he was going into wwe hall of fame you were only allowed to ask him specific things but you kept alluding alluding to like yeah but you did a lot of other cool stuff <laughs> which i thought was great by the guys if you're listening go check that out it's a good interview. <laughs> um but Thanks, yeah when I think one of, of my favorite interviews when I think of Jeff Jarrett, I don't think about WWF at all. I really don't. Um, but maybe because that was so early 90s, I was so just WCW guy then that I don't really... I mean, I know about his run and uh, Road Dog actually singing the song and Double J coming back to WWF and losing the IC title to China, which is like, that's a huge moment. But I don't really... When I think about Jeff Jarrett, I think about, you know, late WCW and his run in Impact specifically and, and being a booker and being the mind that Jeff Jarrett is more than uh, his WWS stuff. One of the best uh, so heels, no. I think, or one of the most obnoxious heels and one of the nicest guys I've ever interviewed. Weird. Also one of the best baby faces. At least in the Impact world. Because, you know, can't always be a heel. Nope. Sometimes you grow <laughs> uh, up right. Sometimes Devon tries to put you in a casket or whatever the fuck. He's Jesus. Early, early impact. 
your boy Russo shows up with <laughs> Raven and a bunch of miscreants trying to take down your company. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I just Jeff Jarrett riding on a lawnmower in that segment was so great. Like I love, like they're gonna be baby faces. They're they really are. <laughs> like there's, I know they're supposed to be the heels in this situation, but putting Mark Briscoe with already this ragtag group of nerds, like there's, there's no way you don't want to cheer for them. <laughs> Especially with Satnam Singh wearing these overalls, he should always be wearing these overalls. Like honestly, if he has like three moves and has those overalls on, and he's just on a talk. I don't, it doesn't matter if he's like, you know, give Papa Briscoe is his new manager. <laughs> give him a new name. Oh, Papa man, we're going to make some money. Yeah, like, it's, I know that's like, it's kind of the, um, not as intense as what they did with Gallows when he, uh, the, like, they ring the bell or whatever and he'd snap from being in a stupor to murder machine. But like, you know, like have him be a part of the Briscoe family. Like he just leaves <laughs> Lethal and them and Sanjay <laughs> and Jared. He's like, I'm just cool with working on the farm, y'all. <laughs> like comes like Mark Briscoe's bodyguard. I'm down for that. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Like <laughs> I was also so happy to just see them back on the farm, man. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. But this was it was it was cool that they did that. Like I thought that was really really cool because I never thought I would I would see it again honestly I thought Mark would I, well I didn't think Mark would be different but I thought like the way they would package the Briscoes would be different but this shows nah Mark Briscoe is still a Briscoe and the Briscoes are still Briscoes <laughs> and it was incredible it was my favorite thing on the entire show I keep on saying I would love for at the end of this year. Not only I've said Dustin Rhodes, because that's another person, but I'd love to see Mark Briscoe with the ring, at least the Ring of Honor Championship. Um, and I think the, the, they're using him a lot now. Who knows, though? He might disappear for a month, you know, like it happens to some people. But they, he's been on every episode of every show. He had, like I said, a great match last night with Preston Vance. And it... People love him. I know that Jr. and, and Tony, they, they definitely like him. He's someone, if you plucked him in the 80s, he would have strived even probably more than he does today, you know? Uh, yeah, the Briscoes, in general, as a tag team, if you threw them in there with, like, Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express and like, any, like, uh, the Fabulous Freebirds or, you know, the Von Ericks, they would have fit right in. They would have been perfect. Four Mark road fucking works as heels. Yeah. That would have been really good. <laughs> um, and Mark fucking yeah. works like Sabu meets Terry Funk. It's great. I I love him and great personality. So, anyways, well, before we move out of this, I do have a question for you. And I do think it's gonna. This ties into your Mark Briscoe winning the title, right? If they turn this little crew babyface, doesn't that set up perfect for Blackpool Combat Club? Ooh. Yeah, I would that would be awesome. If for some reason they, they keep it they keep up with it and he just they, they just accept themselves. That would be a fun fucking team to put against 
Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> It'd be so great. Like, Double J's like, you know you can come work on my farm. <laughs> and Mark's like, nah, fam. <laughs> we, Fuck your we farm, dog. We don't got that Jarrett money over here. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be amazing. I think that would be really, really fun if you want to do, like like I said, turn them babyface, especially if Black Full Combat Club is, they're heels now anyway. So uh, that would, that could be really, really fun. I don't know that they're going to be FTR, but I do love the premise of like, you need to teach us how to be FTR. You're the only team that's done it. What are you doing? You gotta ask the elite. The Bucks have done it. You could, you know. But no, yeah, no shit. Com- comes to the wise one, Mark Briscoe, for his farming and fighting kung fu, redneck kung fu knowledge. It's amazing. Everything redneck about kung fu. Amazing. The best thing on the yep. show, easily. Yep, I agree. Well, then we had a match with Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson. Um. This is a good TV match. What really good? It was a good TV match, and I'm glad that Starks won. But does that mean that more of the match that they're trying to set up is Jay White and Ricky Starks? The finish was weird. I didn't necessarily like the. Um, I don't. Well, I think it's more on the commentary team on this one. So uh, Jay White comes in to hit the uh, was the, the switchblade or or whatever the hidden blade or whatever the fuck he calls it. And he gets he gets picked up for the Rochambeau, and Juice grabs him out of it, and then they just leave. It's like it's two on one, dude. <laughs> Ricky Starks here by himself. They've been telling us yeah. this throughout the entire night. Y'all just left, and they're like, he's playing mind games. I was like, okay. <laughs> Triple H usually plays mind games with sledgehammers, but do you? I guess. Uh, I need to get Jay with a live mic in the fucking ring because so far I think they've kind of, I don't know. I have not been a big fan of what I've seen. We need Jay White. We need Switchblade to fucking be Switchblade. You know, they needed Switch. They needed Kingston to win the title in Switchblade or Switchblade to screw over Kingston. And that's the feud ring of honor. That's what they actually needed to do. Which is what I thought yep. they were going to do, and they didn't. So now it's like him and Juice Robinson. That I honestly I don't care, unless Haku and God shows up. I really don't care. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm right Switch there with played you, very far away from Juice Robinson. Not that Juice Robinson's bad or anything, but like if if it's just the two of them, that's not Bullet Club. Unless you're going to, like, uh, unless you want to do, like, the Chris Bay thing and be, like, ever inducting a new member and you get Swerve or something. Like, get, you need another member. (laughs) Like, with Blackpool Combat Club rolling around out here and Briscoe's, (laughs) and Mark Briscoe's weird friends hanging out on the farm in Dark Order and Lucha Brothers (laughs) plus Vikingo. I think he in in the House of Black, they're gonna need to step their game up in the in the we're a faction world. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. It was a fun match though. It was. Just like I kind of expect that didn't that didn't do anything for Juice Robinson. Um the loss at least, especially I mean, but the idea of Jay White and Ricky Starks, if they, if you can get them back and forth, 
Yeah, I mean, that's something that I'll, yeah, I'll game, watch. Give him the mic. Yeah, cut seriously. Out that, cut out that weird four-way women's stuff. And, or shorten it so it's not so long that you have to cut the commercial three times. Uh, and oh, you know, let, let Jay White and... Jay White and Ricky Starks have a little promo battle. Take one of these MJF segments out. I love MJF, but like the the weird like do we really like Darby Allen should already not trust anybody. That's kind of his character. He's like Sting. He doesn't need a setup for not trusting Jungle Boy. He should just always not trust Jungle Boy. And we're about to talk about the match, but yeah, you brought up a good point. Like I feel like the way that he acts for his character, I feel like I can make this comment because I am bipolar. Okay, so get off my case. Like, is fucking MJF bipolar? The last feud he had, he was so intense and angry that he was saying some stuff that even me and you were like, all right, dude. And now he's buddy-buddy almost him and fucking Chris Jericho doing the goddamn musical again with Sammy. Like, so inconsistent. I don't know. It just and before that he was a baby face for like two seconds. It's almost like they should have just had him beat Punk in that dog collar match, isn't it? Possibly. Possibly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's it's good promos. Like he's doing good work. It's just it is weird in like um but I kinda like Sammy. In the in the scenario of those two together, like Sammy's character is like, oh, I'm an idiot, so I'm just gonna openly accept this. That's like kind of how it led into it. It was like, yeah, Sammy's like, and- oh, I understand. I'm an idiot, <laughs> which Until is Wednesday very Jericho. Night. Until Jericho comes out and puts the walls on him. <laughs> Because once again, Sammy Guevara is still part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. It makes no sense, but you know, that's oh, the oh, that oh. is the biggest problem. Is why why didn't they just jump Sammy immediately? Like that that's my biggest problem with this is like Sammy has been loyal to Jericho to a fault throughout all of these various feuds. Right? He's the one that like he's like. Look, don't trust that guy, MJF. Don't trust him. He stood by him. He he's been there. He's now part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. He's in most of Jericho's matches that aren't singles matches. All of a sudden, Jericho doesn't care <laughs> about the title or Sammy Guevara. He's like, just do what you want, Sammy. I don't know. And the funny thing is. I don't know how many people are actually watching the show, and I don't know if you actually checked it out yet, but Sammy is the biggest baby face on that fucking um, after show, the the reality TV one. Him and Ty Conti, I swear to God, you, until you watch it, it's like you really start rooting for them, uh, and they just, it's, I'm not saying Sammy needs to go baby face. I don't even know if it would work with the audience, but it's it's funny because... Ruby Riot afterwards, you're like, yeah, she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> I've already said what I have said before about Britt Baker. Uh, but man, Sammy and Kingston, there's certain people that's like, yeah, you're doing it, dude. Uh, I like you, man. 
And I never thought I'd think that about Sammy, honestly. I mean, yeah, I felt that way about Sammy. Like, I think the crowd turned against him just because he had a breakup and got with a new girlfriend, which is weird. It's like, that has nothing to do with wrestling. And also, you don't know their lives. Fucking weirdo fans. Swear to I mean, God. I don't know. I don't know everything that went behind that, but like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you about this man named Edge. <laughs> you're probably not going to like him either. Or John Cena. If you're just talking about people that dated wrestlers and broke up with them and got with other wrestlers. Randy Orton. You guys are going to hate that guy. (laughs) See? Yeah, that's a good one, too. Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) Yeah, like, if we're just... (laughs) You get what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. It has nothing to do with their professional careers. Like, sometimes people break up (laughs) for better or worse. Like... I mean, it made it it made it worse because he proposed to her in the ring or whatever, and then the like that that was the thing. But also, like Macho Man also proposed to Miss Elizabeth in the ring. <laughs> Just saying, and they were already after they were divorced. Yeah, after they were divorced, no one pissed a bitch in about real that. life. <laughs> it's wrestling, y'all. Jeez. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> like, Anyway, Sammy and Sammy and MJF are kind of great, and Sammy is outsmarting him. He's Jerichoing him, which I think is great. I kind of would love to see Sammy get the belt, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, and and honestly, like I, I think surprise uh, surprisingly, I, I think I agree with both what Brian Last and Jim Cornette were saying. I think this feud is suffering because it should be. Just Darby and MJF. But Sammy has kind of built himself in this feud where it's, I, I, I have no problem, and they were saying the same thing, that he's kind of shined. I know that he's a pillar. I'm not trying to be a fucking dick. But let's, uh, let's out, out, out of what they've done in their careers, out of these four people, Britt Baker really should be the fourth pillar. I don't know why the fuck Jungle Boy is involved in this at all. To be honest with you, I mean, um, realistically, isn't the four pillars just like the Bucks, Kenny, and Cody? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, it really is the elite, but they're talking about like the homegrown <laughs> guys. You know, they're they're doing this because okay. <laughs> all Japan had their four pillar. It's like I don't know, uh, Jungle Boy, just because he's the same age as them, he's not done nearly as much. I mean, come on. How many times has fucking Sammy had the TNT championship? MJF's your current world champion. Darby's done a bunch. You know. Well, it, like uh, MJF they can all talk on the mic. Create, create a pro wrestler and uh, MLW, like, right? Like, he was in MLW. It's not his first rodeo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, true, they're a version of, I mean, Darby Allen is a Gabe Sapolsky product. So it's not. This is not. I get what they're saying. Broadcasting to a mainstream audience who are the four guys that were young. I'm not even trying to argue that. I'm saying that Jungle Boy should not be in this, and just because he's considered the fourth pillar, I just think that he kind of dulls it down a bit. Um, If anything, I think it should be either Sammy and MJF or Darby and MJF. Really. 
It should just be Darby and MJF. It actually should just be Sting and MJF, and Sting should win the belt, and Darby should challenge Sting, which is what I said like uh, weeks weeks ago. Of like, how do you get out of this and have MJF win? It's like, well, MJF cheats his way out of this somehow, and then Sting shows up with the bat, and he's like, "You're next." And then Sting's retirement match is Sting with the title versus Darby, and then he could give the title to Darby. Sting can retire, go out on his back. Everybody's happy. Be great. I love that idea. Uh, I do. Just do that. But also, like, my nieces really need a win for Darby, so hopefully he wins the title. Jesus Christ. This guy gets beat he so much. He has brought so much <laughs> to the table in this feud, man. His promo skills have gotten really good. He's been awesome in this, like, but I just really wish it was just the two of them. Um, but I do like Sammy in this as well. I'm just not, I'm not a hater on Jungle Boy. I just don't. He's... Not to this level. He's included because MJF made the statement in a promo a year and a half ago about the four pillars of fucking AEW. So, but this match was pretty good, though. You know, the tag match itself. Obviously, MJF and Sammy lost because now it's a four way. And uh, it just started getting, I think, the cooler spots, Chris. Uh, the last couple were when things weren't. Uh, Doing well between the two teammates where we had Darby who tagged himself in blind tag uh, and you have the snare trap applied uh, to Sammy from Jungle Jack Perry. Didn't realize Sam or uh, Darby fucking tagged himself in and he was going to do the coffin drop right through Jack Perry if he had it to, uh, which I believe that was the win. And then I think obviously the MJF and Sammy meltdown where MJF slapped Sammy and got a big old super kick with Sammy leaving him in the ring. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be this, it's going to be a four way double or nothing for the title. Should be a good match, but uh, I don't know. We could do some single stuff. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, I'm excited for the four way. Cause it's going to be a crazy match. There's going to be a lot of stuff in there. I'm, I'm still not, I don't know. Jungle boy just doesn't do it for me, man. Like in the ring promo, other than looking like Dylan McKay, which is his dad. <laughs> Maybe he should do that. Maybe he should just be Dylan McKay. <laughs> should he kind of come out to the theme? <laughs> should he come out to the theme of Beverly Hills now 210? That would help. It worked wonders for Seth Rollins' stupid <laughs> character. So <laughs> get a, get, a get good everyone doing the clap at the beginning. Yeah, everybody would be so hyped for that. You should fucking totally do that. I mean, look, dude, if you don't want me to like hit the ropes harder, I don't tell you. I don't. He did. He hit six dives <laughs> in two minutes in this match. <laughs> like. He wrestles like a lucha, bro. It's that PWG, like, I don't, I, it's not my thing. And everyone, everyone nope. who's listening to this is going to be like, well, you like the Bucks. So it's like, yeah, but the Bucks can also, like, tell a story in a match. I've seen it. I've seen them do it. <laughs> they do their spots. They get their shit in. But, like, Jungle Boy doesn't, there's no, it's just spots. They're like, well, you like the Lucha Brothers. And I was like, yeah, Lucha Brothers versus, you know, Lucha Brothers versus the Bucks in the cage. It's pretty good storytelling. Did you see 
<laughs> Did you see Pentagon bleed all over his own child after winning the title? That's storytelling. I don't know if the Jungle Boy's got that in him. <laughs> he's got he's got to get there. He's got to get there. It's going to take some I don't time. Know. I, I don't, know I don't if, uh, think he's ready. I think his child appreciated that. <laughs> no, but it was oh, it was God. amazing. It was a great moment. It was a great moment in tech team winning history at AEW. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! All right, um, let's go over these matches and get out of here, man. We got a pay per view tonight. Uh, Backlash in <laughs> San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, fun set down last night. I want to say shout out to Puerto Rico because yeah, the set is awesome. But like, this is a throwaway pay per view, unfortunately. Pretty much, but it'll still be fun, I think. Um, I, this is in no order. I think that the main event is probably going to be. I'm assuming Bad Bunny and Damian Priest actually, but it could be Cody and Brock. One or the other, but what we got here, Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and their last attempt before they're on split brands to beat the bloodline consisting of Jay and Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa with Paul Heyman. Chris, I think Riddle and Owens and Zayn are going to win, and I think Roman might make an appearance and be very pissed off of, uh, at the Usos. That's my prediction. Orton shows up, Uzo's win. All right. Heel Orton. That's bolt bolt prediction. But also, like if they if 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 Riddle, Sammy, and Kevin wins, can they go to can they go do the House of Black challenge or whatever? <laughs> Since it's an open house challenge. Dude, I think that that's fair. I definitely do. <laughs> um <laughs> no, and and I, I like that idea, though. Like, Randy Orton comes. Oh, my God, everyone goes crazy. Randy Orton's in the ring. He's next to his old tab partner. Looks like they're they're about to, like, you know, do something together. And he looks like he's about to go for Jimmy, and he fucking RKO's Matt Riddle causing the loss for everyone and just slithers the fuck out of there. That would be, that'd be fun. Or he finds innovative ways to hit everyone with an RKO the entire ring. Put him on notice. There you go. There you go. Um, this is the weird one, but this could be just like Seth Rollins going, I am going to try something and hopefully it works because he's going against Omos. And I actually have not been disliking Omos. I just know he's limited due to his size. But I feel like I don't know how this happened, if this was Seth's idea. But Seth, I mean, it seems like Seth Rollins could have a fucking match with a paper bag. This is a really big fucking paper bag, Chris. So uh, I think Seth's winning, but this could be terrible. But who knows? If anyone can get a really, really good match out of Omas, that makes you go, wow. I I figure it, it could be Seth Rollins. Yeah, the mismatch in size is going to help this match, but uh, I'm assuming Seth's going to win here unless they try to set up something with the Paul brothers. I don't, I don't know. Ooh, that'd be interesting. 
All right, we have Bianca Belair with her Raw Women's Championship that she'll probably be trading in for a SmackDown Championship, unless EO beats her. Going against EO Sky with Bailey and Dakota Kai in her corner. Um, I think Bianca's going to keep this belt. You think EO's going to win, Chris? No. Not unless Bianca needs hard time off or something that we're not aware of. The longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion. I think Women's Champion, just in general. Good job, Bianca. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bailey. I, I would assume Bailey shows up to. Well, she's going to be. I think she's going to be at ringside. So I'm sure she'll fuck around with shit, but maybe she'll accidentally. Cause EO to lose or something, and we can get over this. Um, oh no, 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 Bailey, Be- Becky, Becky, sorry. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, Becky, Becky will come out and make a save or something. Because I mean, the, the last kicker is back. It's just gonna be Bailey. It's it, they're like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They're just forever tied together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, next, let's just talk about it. Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar. If, look, Cody Rhodes winning this is a very good thing. If he doesn't, that's kind of scary. Um, I guess unless they're going to extend the story, but at the same time, it's like, I really, and especially the way that Puerto Rico reacted last night and at the press conference to Cody, you know, I, I just feel like he needs a big-ass win at this pay-per-view against Brock Lesnar. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not going to happen, and this is going to really undoubtedly put forth that concept. I just don't know why they would pay Cody as much as they're actually paying him, for the, if that's the case. Uh, but I don't know. We'll find out tonight. They might extend the feud and have Brock be him the first time because it's something and I have no clue, but I hope Cody wins tonight. Would you be be okay with Lashley showing up and demolishing both of them? If there's a storyline in place like that, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Because I think yeah, the, definitely the Lashley story, would be cool. I think the story might be Lashley and Cody just because. Brock's not going to be around full time. Uh, otherwise, if that doesn't happen, I got Brock uh, doing the John Cena to poor Cody Rhodes here. <laughs> He's oh, just tra- yeah. Tra- I, <laughs> yeah, I could see it happening, man. You know, because Brock's like, oh, you're used to doing your little fancy boy wrestling. You just start suplexing. <laughs> That's. That's what I would assume would happen so that you know, Cody's like, oh, man. Because, you know, WWE, it depends. Is Vince booking it? <laughs> That's the, because if, exactly. if, if Vince's hands are involved, Brock is about to suplex Cody all over this ring. <laughs> Brock's probably going to be like, sorry, Cody. <laughs> Just start suplexing him. Um, and that, that ties into your theory of like, He's got to build himself up to win the the title or whatever. So, I could I could see that happening. It just really it's there's just so many unknowns there, really. If Cody somehow beats him though, it's gonna be pretty like yeah. 
We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be awesome if Cody beats him. I'll, I'll pop probably pretty hard for that. But it's it, Brock's also lost his last like two matches, which doesn't give me a lot of faith unless they do some kind of weird finish for this. Well, not as last because he won at Mania, I guess. But he did lose that last, like the last two Lashley matches, right? One was a DQ, so it doesn't really count. No, he beat almost. That's yep. right. He heated him. Okay, well, no, Cody could win here. I don't know. This is a weird one because it's la- like, it is, dude. Brock's not going to be around, so it's not going to matter, I guess. Brock's. Uh, this know. is about. Brock's this is about. Brock. This is Yes, but this is Brock's time to go take a vacation. So, the yeah, Swiss Alps. Is he going to come out, come back as the Rock as he tries to hit every uh, Attitude Era gimmick on his way out? First doing Stone Cold Steve Austin as a baby face and then doing The Undertaker for this whole thing. Well, that's why, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, that's why I said, <laughs> that's why I think Lashley might make some sense because he could come in and really hurt Brock, you know, and hurt Cody, and Cody could get the win, but maybe he's just there to destroy Brock because they're gonna need that. That'll big be interesting. Guy. They're gonna need that big guy on Raw. They got McIntyre on Raw, right? Or did I misread? Draft. I believe they do have McIntyre on. Uh... Yeah, because it's separate. He's not with the uh, Brawling Brutes anymore. They made point to say that. They're still yeah, on so SmackDown. They're going to need their big heavyweight heel guy. So maybe that's Lashley. Since they just like big shit. It, it could be Drew. They might be trying him out as a heel now or something. Well, we'll see. Um, Theory, Lashley and Bronson. U.S. Championship. I want Theory to win it. If there's anyone else that wins, it's Bronson Reed. Uh, but I don't want Bobby Lashley to take the pin, actually, at all. In this. So I don't know I how that, that works. Lashley but... was... <laughs> okay, scratch everything I just said. I forgot Lashley was in this next match. So Drew McIntyre makes a lot of sense as a run-in. There you go. Uh... I forgot myself <laughs> as well until I read that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's where Bobby is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, got to church the boy. Let's go. Eight and down. There you go. All right. Then we have another women's championship match for the SmackDown title that will probably be just traded in. Uh, we have Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio in her corner going against Zelina Vega with Rey Mysterio in Zelina's corner. Um, fun ending to SmackDown last night with Ray and Zelina winning their match, and Bad Bunny and the rest of LWO all celebrating in the ring together. And they made Bad Bunny an official member, Chris. So uh, he put on that shirt. That's how they went off. But uh, Rhea Ripley's going to fucking destroy Zelina Vega in this match. I mean, I know Zelina Vega is from Puerto Rico and everything. But uh, yeah, I don't think she has any chance against Mommy. Look is not good, but I hope I, I hope Zelina Vega shows up with the uh, Vega mask from Street Fighter like she's done in the past. That'd be pretty sick. Uh, yeah, she's gonna. Her get fucking worse. outfits are awesome. She's gonna get absolutely fucking worked. 
Maybe Ray will cause interference, or maybe Ray's daughter will cause interference. Maybe they'll be at ringside or something like they were at the at Mania, and Dom will get distracted, and then Rio will come out, and you can get a you could do a cheap win like that, like a DQ type finish. This is backlash. No one cares. I even forgot. I, I forgot this fucking pay per view was happening. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's okay, man. I mean, it is pretty much like you said, kind of a. It's Whatever. like it's a re- it's Maybe a reset. It, it's a reset. It you know it's after Mania. It takes a while to build all this stuff back up. I like Zelina Vega a lot. My wife is super impressed by her because she watched her do a Hurricane Rana in like four inch heels and was like, "Holy shit! How did she do that?" And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> that was in days. Looking though. out someone's eye. Uh, that was when she was uh, um, was she with Andrade in NXT, right? Yep. That was a good career. They should have kept them together. Oh, wait. You definitely should have. <laughs> Andrade is just hanging out on Ric Flair's boat or whatever, I guess. Getting paid by Tony. Getting drunk, but still getting paid by Tony Khan. Just working uh, out, hanging out with Ric Flair, getting paid by Tony Khan to not punch Sammy in the face, apparently. Jesus. I'm hoping that that comes up on that show. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I hope Punk last shows fight. up and he's like, I want Andrade and Miro here. <laughs> On his weird side. Yeah, we're gonna show. we're gonna use them. <laughs> use them over here. Uh, um, all right. The San Juan Street Fight. I don't know if this is gonna be your main event, but it seems like it could be. Bad Bunny, Damian Priest. <sighs> I like Bad Bunny. I was very impressed by him and what he pulled off at WrestleMania. He looked tough as shit these last couple times that he's been on. Uh, maybe it's not having the ballies in his hair anymore. Might have something to do with it. But coming out and, you know, recklessly going in the ring with the fucking. This is street fight with Damian Priest. Is Damian Priest really going to lose this? Yes. <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> the LWO, How does that make any dude? sense? LWO, you know that famous faction from the '90s that was so successful. Oh God! When he brought out LWO, I was like, man, that was a jobber ass faction. (laughs) It's right up there with whatever Fanaki's faction was. Kai and Tai. Yeah, there you go. Right up there. (laughs) As far as like, yeah, I I think people like. You know what Ray should have brought back? The fucking Filthy Animals. Yeah, the Filthy Animals cool. were awesome. Yeah, they had Conan. That was cool. Well, also, Ray would have to take his mask off, though, so maybe that's why he can't wear those little devil well, horns. So Remember he used to, like, glue those devil horns to his head? Yeah. <laughs> back in... It was yeah. awesome. WCW is weird. But, yeah, so... uh I guess you're right, but Bad Bunny's probably winning it. So, uh, interesting. That should be a fun match. There's there's some big things because I care about the Cody and Brock match a lot. Um, pretty that much that's the, the only one that, that's like. That should be the main event. I would open the show with the Bad Bunny, Damian match, and end it with Cody and Brock. If you're doing that, this. if Cody's winning. Maybe Bad Bunny could take a loss at the beginning of the fucking thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not necessarily a fan of Damian Priest uh, 
using to Bad Bunny, but they're going to try. It's just the way they they set it up as a match where it's like, oh, well, he didn't really just lose to Bad Bunny. He lost to all these other people. Just like such a WWE ass thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. Well, Chris, I think we that's the show. It. We did it. <laughs> got through it. We we got here with you guys. We hope you enjoyed it. But that is it. That was the newest episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people and plug whatever you'd like to plug. I know there's some fucking game with a puck. I think it's called on ice. Something like that. Yeah, I, have no idea. I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> hey, we beat the Rangers. Let's go. Uh, if you want to talk to me on Twitter, it's at Chris R. Patton. On Facebook and Instagram, Christopher.R.Patton. And uh, go Devils. Let's go. You're down two. We lost two. It's always time for a comeback. Yeah, go Devils. Um. I don't know. I'm, I think the Bruins, are they doing good? Uh, they had the best NHL season of any team ever, and then they lost in Game 7 to the Florida Panthers. So they're no longer there. So they pulled the Patriots? Uh, Well, not because the Patriots won in the playoffs as well and then went to the Super Bowl. They didn't get out of the first round, so... Can't can't throw. Well, the I was talking about the season where they were undefeated all the way until the end, and they lost the Super Bowl, and they won the most games of the season. Yeah, um, yes, kind kind of, but they didn't they didn't make it to the Stanley Cup, so they didn't they didn't go full Patriots. They just kind of went like half cock Patriots. Oh, uh, gotcha. Randy go Bruins. Anyways, <laughs> go Bruins. <laughs> Let's talk about these donut commercials uh, with our boy, Finn. Talk about Randy Moss. <laughs> Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Enjoy Backlash. We'll be talking about it next week. And if you want to listen to us on different platforms, just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. We're on many platforms, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube Music. Just look up Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating if you like us. Thank you all so much for listening. The Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, peace out.